0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, young Nick returns to the Falcon after a bout of COVID to talk all things sucky about 2022. After Depression Fest, the two will get into the Endor series and how it will explore the character of Mon Mothma and the formation of the Rebel Alliance. They'll then address a new rumor about Darth Vader appearing in the Ahsoka series and another one on a potential second season of The Book of Boba Fett. From there, they'll move on to a Star Wars game delay and a rad photo book that recreated the original trilogy using Kenner action figures from the 70s and 80s. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of top five Star Wars fan artist features. Aren't you chewy? I gotta do triple energy today because as you can see if you're on the live stream Young Nick is back But he still feels like shit so I'm gonna be shouldering the load for him at least on the enthusiasm front But he is here We had the cattle prod (laughs) his ass to get into a seat But he is up and ready to try this thing called the Star Wars time show so first and foremost, welcome back, my friend. Uh, There's a time last week where I honestly thought you were dead because, <laughs> uh, it, you know, we 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 chatted a bit on Monday. I'm like, hey, man, how you feeling? He's like, I, I, the show's all you, dude. I'm I'm still feeling half dead. My brain is a gas tank that runs out after 15 minutes of focus. And uh, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll get the top five. I'm like, cool, whatever. I wake up Tuesday. And I just
1: completely yeah. forgot. Like, I was I, like, oh, shit. literally.
0: Top top five was gone. I was like, I get it. He he was hit hard with COVID. But then I think it was after the show or, or Wednesday. I'm like, hey man, are you all right? And then crickets for days. Until Saturday, I, I honestly I, I threw up, you know, kind of the, the smoke signals again. It's like, Nick, are you alive? And then he's like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 alive. I'm feeling a little bit better, still testing positive. But it was a little touch and go last week. I almost, you know, did the humanly thing and actually was gonna reach out to Nick on a <laughs> on a, uh, a phone call instead of <laughs> Slack and other social media apps, yeah. just to ensure the young the young buck was not checked into a hospital. Because as you explained it to me, uh, unlike my case, which still sucked, you you seemingly got hit with the full force of COVID and probably would have been in the hospital if it weren't for uh, the force and of course your boosters and, and science and all that. Correct.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not been a, a fun time. Um, I've, I mean, I tested yesterday. I'm still positive. It's been twelve days of me testing positive for COVID, which has not been great. Um, definitely, the the first week has was like the the worst in terms of the intensity of the symptoms. Um, but even as time's gone on, like the symptoms are just lingering. They're not as intense, which is good. Um, but it's not fun to constantly have, you know, nasal congestion or a sore throat or just unending brain fog when you're trying to just do normal things in life or like taking my dog for a walk and then getting winded. Um, you know, it's 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 not fun. And it's still kind of persisting even until, uh, you know, up till today. And that's why I told Matt before we went live, I was like, you're going to, you know. <laughs> You're going to have the energy of the show because I'm here in basically body only. Yeah, he's, and like,
0: he's, he's like a, a force ghost right now. He, You yeah. know what? He's Qui-Gon Jinn. He's just going to hang out, say nothing, do nothing till the end. And then he's going to say, hey, you know, what took you so long? So uh, it's all right. We're, we're going to get through it. We're not going to make Nick work too hard today because I kind of got the feeling yesterday. I was like, hey, you thinking about doing the show? He's like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) I was like, all right, well, he he ain't out of it yet, so we'll see what he can do. But he is here, so uh, we'll we'll try to get through some of our topics and and give you some sort of informative and maybe at times entertaining show here for episode 222. Wasn't that a sitcom back in the eighties? By the way, two two two. It's like uh, I'm not sure like black people in apartments or something. From what I can remember, I don't know. I could be making shit up, but uh, yeah. I mean, if Nick freezes this week, we won't really know. So maybe he could just
1: actually yeah. just stay frozen. In- <laughs> yeah, I'll just. If I if I if I freeze, it'll take me a little bit longer to to reopen. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, but yeah, yeah
0: we got some stuff to talk yeah. about today. We got some Andor insights that I think are I'm excited for. I mean, I'm I'm always down for. Getting into uh, character development and, and diving diving deeper into a time period in Star Wars, and that sounds like what Andor season one is going to give us. So we're going to talk about that. We've got some uh, Darth Vader and live action series update action. We've got a, we're going to share off a really rad piece of uh, uh, content creation from a member of the community here. And you never know where else the the Star Wars Time Show will go. If you're a long-time listener, you know we're a bunch of jerk-offs that kind of go all over the place with some guided subjects to at least have some form and shape to the program. Um, But one thing I want to get into before we get into our Star Wars stuff, Nick, is... The Steam Deck, real quickly, because this is something last year, you you were kind of like laughing at me for ordering because I'm a a jerk-off that just instantly buys everything and anything that is new that I think could cause FOMO in the future. And lo and behold, a year later, after I placed my, well, really, what do you say? You just say, hey, Valve, here's my $5 for the honor to buy one when you let me buy one. Correct, and that's kind of how it's going (laughs) right now. Basically. But but it but it showed up like two weeks ago. And I have to tell you, dude, it's pretty fucking rad, even for a non PC gamer. But for someone like you, I I know you've now said that you're you're gonna dabble on one. You've at least put in your your pre order. I, I think this thing is going to be a a huge huge increase. In your entertainment factor when you get it? Because how big's your Steam library? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: I mean, it's, well, it's probably close to 200 games. Yeah, but like I, realistically, like I have those 200 games because they were $4 on a Steam, Steam sale. Steam and summer I, sales? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like realistically, I'm not going to play even 75% of those. Like, right.
0: And, and half of them um, probably yeah. still don't work for the Steam Deck. That That's kind of what I've yeah. been doing the past two weeks is figuring out would the the hundred plus games in my catalog will actually run on the damn thing. And you know, some are literally, you look in the library and it's just an X or that, you know, the old no smoking sign. Don't yeah. even try it. Others, it's just a question mark, basically like, Hey, go ahead. It may or may not work and, and break your system. But
1: yeah,
0: even beyond that, I, um, I, I think the, probably the coolest thing for me, someone who's more of a console gamer and I know, I believe you still sub to Xbox Game Pass.
1: Yeah, I got two years of that when I got the system. Yeah, so, so. check
0: this out. There, there's an official workaround from Microsoft to add Game Pass to your Steam library that will open up Xbox Game Pass in the cloud on the on the Steam Deck to where you can stream modern titles. I'm talking Halo Infinite, Halo The Master Chief Collection. Uh, the, the Mass Effect Super Duper Upgrade Trilogy. A- anything in Xbox Games Pass that is a cloud uh, designated title will run on the Steam Deck through streaming and the performance is fucking tits. Yeah. I-, I mean, I- I'm doing it in my house on a pretty decent Wi-Fi connection, but it's damn near flawless streaming, say, a game like Halo Infinite on this little portable. Looks great. Frame rate holds up. That might be the are, only are way decent. that I'll
1: actually like finish that game, <laughs> because yeah, even though now you can take this, it on the go this and, console, and you, yeah, and, and fall me, like, you know that, turn
0: it off after 15 minutes of getting yeah. bored because you know it, yeah. it just fits in your backpack or something.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing that I've played on my Xbox recently has been um <clears throat> the the uh Ninja Turtles, the new Ninja it's Turtles awesome. game that just came, fucking out, Shredder's
0: awesome, dude. I played it with my, my little one and some of her friends. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like a 40, 41, about to be 42 year old guy out on his deck, broken leg and all, four controllers, like 1980s all over again. Yeah. Playing with his little kid running through TMNT, which is essentially, would you call it, it's like a homage to TMNT arcade it's yeah, very similar. Yeah. Like a lot of the levels are the same, but you have a world map and you've got pickups and secret items that you can mm-hmm. deliver to people. But yeah, I, I found I it saw, to be masterful.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a, uh, uh, an interview with the developer on X-Play and that's what they said is like, they really wanted to harken back to the old school arcade style games, the old NES SNES, like um, you know, Ninja Turtles titles. And I mean, It really like it brought it right back for me. I mean, Turtles in Time, the game, like it it feels like a spiritual successor to that game to the utmost. So like that's that's what I've been playing on my Xbox mostly at this point. Um, So yeah, I mean, having that Game Pass little hack would be pretty cool um, because you know what else? I've I've started playing a
0: lot, and I told you and. I can't believe how addictive I've addicted to it. I've become again, but Cyberpunk on the Xbox yeah. now that it it finally got its next gen patch a few months ago. Uh, I mean, I turned it off a year ago, waiting for the next gen patch. It never came. A year later, it finally came in, and I finally finished my year my years long replay of the three Mass Effect games. So I fired that up, and I forgot how how addicting that game really is. I mean, now that it it fully functions for the most part. I'm finding myself going through every goddamn thing I can do on the map in like quadrants to clear everything. And I I only do that for games that I just I I enjoy. So I guess I like this two year old once very buggy shit game. But it's it's a hit. And now I'm wishing like you. I had it on PC because I could play the motherfucker on the Steam Deck, but I don't. I had it on Xbox, so oh well.
1: It was super fun. I think that at the time when I was playing it and I finished it, I I, like I came on here and said that I I played through, I finished all of the different endings that you could have for the game. I mean, it was definitely um like in on the PC, like the experience got better while I was playing it. Like they had released a number of PC patches that addressed a large majority of the problems with it. I have a rig that's set up good enough to run the game on maximum settings, so I wasn't, you know, playing on uh, like a compromised setting or something like that where it looked like crap. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the the game itself was definitely uh, enjoyable, and and I had a great time with it. And
0: it, it, it it's yeah. a bummer that. And I still, you gotta wonder: was it the developers or was it the money makers over at CD Projekt Red that kind of forced that thing out of the door? Was it a publisher? I don't know. Uh, But I mean, they 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 do phenomenal work. It's a shame that that game had so many fucking launch issues on consoles in particular. Because it is, I I honestly think if it would have came out mostly buggy free in in a true release people would be talking about it like The Witcher 3 or the other Witcher games that CD has put out. You know, it, it would be this, this kind of uh, uh, vaunted gaming title of the 21st century, but it, it just had such a quagmire of press surrounding it because of all the issues that, I, I don't know, I think a lot of people just kind of turn their head away from it. But Oh, well, see, so yeah, that's been fun. But yeah, man, one, if you ever get the, the honor to finally buy your Steam Deck... Hopefully by then, Microsoft just has an official Xbox Games Pass app for Steam. Yeah. Uh, the hack's not very hard, but I would recommend doing it with a keyboard and mouse attached to your deck because trying to type in some of the Linux commands on the virtual mm-hmm. screen pad was a true test of my patience. And I think if I haven't been sidelined for these six weeks and have just had to learn to live a patient life for the first time in many years... I probably would have Luke skywalker its ass and threw it across the room and fucking smashed it because I, I, I can't tell you how many times I had to re-enter like dash dash colon at at you at colon slash <laughs> Microsoft.com slash Xbox game. It's like you fucking yeah. cunt. Quit moving yeah. the goddamn cursor around. That type once of it, shit.
1: Once so. it comes around, because, yeah, I think I, I messaged you like in my in like the the height of my haze last week. Uh, saying that I pre-ordered it because I mean, I think like the thing for me that really pushed it over the edge was just like the reviews, like the reviews from people who had it, the reviews from um, those who had been playing it. Um, and they all like, cause my worry was I was like, this is going to be like the steam box. Like the steam box was a complete fucking shit show disaster that like they put out this piece of hardware. It wasn't good. It was way too expensive um it it didn't even have the level of access that the steam deck has so i was like i was like they have already done this like this is just a, a a mobile version of what they did with the steam box but it seems like this is legitimately a top tier handheld uh console that you can take around with you and and realistically nowadays you don't really have that anymore the closest you have is the switch but the problem with the switch is you are limited. limited to Switch games, you yeah. know, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, there are a lot of good Switch games to play, but if you want to play something that's a little bit more mature, or if you wanted to play something from your Steam library, or you know, it, it just wasn't possible. So um it is it is a relatively exciting, uh, you know, yeah, exciting I, I, to see that people like it. Did you
0: go with the big daddy, the granddaddy? I'm assuming. Yeah, go I, big I did or go the, home, the five yeah. twelve.
1: Yeah, I did the big one. Um, I know that that also has like a like a a better screen, like a like a, a, a like an etched glass screen or something like that. That's supposed to be like more clear uh, when you're playing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I went with that one. I'm excited for it to come in. You know, I. I, I obviously I'm probably going to be months out from when I can even oh, yeah, put down easily, the rest man. of my dollars. But cause <laughs> I, I think
0: I did it the first day, but I forgot to do it right at the, you know, the time <coughs> click and yeah. I, literally a year passed before I was given the opportunity to buy. But the good thing is I think I got the notice on July 4th, like, Hey asshole, you now can give us $650. Remember? I'm like, Oh yeah. shit, I forgot. <laughs> it's like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and and finish payment. And it was, it was at my house by Friday of that holiday week. So once you do get that offer to buy, it shows up pretty quickly. And who knows by then, maybe, maybe they'll support, um, the old, whatever PlayStation's doing now with its streaming catalog, who knows that, that would be a nice, a nice touch, but it sounds like,
1: (laughs) go ahead. I think when I finished my stuff, they told me that like, oh yeah, you know, keep an eye on your inbox around October, November because they've ramped uh, up, all up right. the so production. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, a lot of things. I mean, when I ordered it, COVID was still kind of a big thing. And, you know, we're all still feeling the the, the not just getting sick from it, but pretty much most of the problems in the world with inflation and and, co- and economies are because of COVID. I hope most people realize that. And, you know, it's not because people got $600 checks two years ago. it it, it fucking shut down the global economy i mean supply lines were devastated Uh, raw materials were lost it's gonna take a while but it it does sound like things are getting a bit better dude we're we're having all sorts of issues with the stream today um
1: (laughs) nice we've got no
0: data going through i'm starting to wonder like am i even on the internet anymore
1: if we aren't live, yeah, we'll we'll let we'll us keep... know in the chat. Oh, they, they
0: are, but I'm just trying to figure out. No, I, I'm connected to the internet. This may no, be like a still
1: full-on. G- I just YouTube opened thing. up the uh the YouTube and it seems like we're still good. So um Yeah, it, it it's it gotta be you it's
0: it's hundred percent hundred percent YouTube.
1: Yeah, so well if you're watching the live stream, we apologize for any of the technical issues we may be having, but uh then again you can uh, always catch up on the podcast platforms, right. Spotify. That's um, correct. You can I know. Catch I, the I, feed on YouTube I, as well. After we're finished, so.
0: we always hate <laughs> robbing our live stream fans of a, you know, a a, a glitch free experience. That's just not how we roll here. I mean, it, it, whenever we do the live stream, there there is going to be technical problems. Usually yeah. on our end today. I think this is full on YouTube because everything is checking out green here at Castle Grayskull. I'm going to run one more test, but I, I think uh, I'm good to go. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, the other thing I want to talk about, because you weren't here last week, and I know you were you were kind of on the fence with this, but n- knowing your fandom of the man, I think you're going to have to go. And that's Thor Love and Thunder. Um.
1: um. Dude, I'm definitely it, not going until I test negative. That's true, for sure. True. enough. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, I know that people like, I haven't seen much about it. I know that people are saying that they took too much of a comedic angle at it, but honestly, like that may be the only thing that actually makes me want to see it. You know, like I, like I get that like superheroes aren't supposed to be like this. haha, you know, like funny, but like, we we've had a a a lot of the same types of uh uh marvel movies for a long time now very serious tone with some comedic angles kind of sprinkled in and for me like the fact that it is more comedic that it is more um different than the other movies actually makes me more excited to see it because there, i am kind of waning in my uh love for for marvel at the moment
0: it is by far the most Taika Waititi thing I've ever seen him make. I mean, it, it, it's full on, just batshit mm-hmm. dialogue, Taika Waititi. Uh, I mean, it, it, it makes that with dead his his pirate thing seem oh, tame. Uh, I mean, it, it's like Monty yeah. Python. I mean, that, that's what it is to me. It, it, it kind of feels yeah. like the Holy Grail. That's how kind of slapsticky it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, it looks I like hope that like <laughs> I hope that doesn't affect. Um, the 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 angle or the the lens that that um the Star Wars people look at for his movie cuz i mean again like i'll i'll say this and i'm you know i'll probably get hate for it because people don't like anything Star Wars that's different from when it was in 1977 but like we've never uh we've never really had a a Star Wars movie that that took a like a true comedic angle at anything and i think that Something like that could be refreshing because if you just look at critical reception and and personal reception towards the films that have come out over the last, you know, even going back to the prequels, they've all kind of had the same kind of tonal tonal uh, type of stance to them. And it just, you know, people started to kind of uh, backlash against that. Like Wayne and his popularity, I, I feel like a fresh angle and something a little bit more comedic may be interesting for star wars oh
0: i i'm i i i mean i i've been on board with him doing star wars since it was announced i mean who who knows yeah. if it if it's ever going to happen but i'm with you i i think it would be a crazy experience to watch a taika Waititi <laughs> star wars movie I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a purist, but I'm also someone that has said multiple times on this humble little show that I'm open to anything in everything Star Wars. It could be stick figures, it could be fecal sculptures, it doesn't matter. If there's a story to be told, if there's, you know, if it, in Tyke's case, if there's humor to be had, then so be it. But you know for a fact, if he, if he does a Thor in Love and Thunder on Star Wars... That section of the population, that this is I think that would finally literally get their their heads to combust. Mm-hmm. I, I really think their heads would explode <laughs> in the theaters just like an episode of the boys. Yeah. So all right. Well, stream, who knows what's happening here, people. Thanks for sticking with us. If you are on the live stream, remember if you do want to join, then shit's not fucked up. Every Tuesday, 230 P East on YouTube, youtube.com slash star wars time show looks like we got some new people in here so welcome too bad today's the day youtube is deciding to shit all over Mm -hmm. live streams but we'll kind of move on from the bs segment into our star wars topics starting with a piece on andor and its first season which is coming up august 31st it it already feels like we've been years without a star wars show to consume but it's literally only been what a few weeks a month or so since yeah. since kenobi ended but that that's kind of how things go when star wars goes away and all we have is speculation and other things to dig into uh, but Andor's going to be here before you know know it a little over a month left to go i do like the release date it's not going to hopefully by then i can do something with my leg i uh, still have mm-hmm. it up here peg leg style foot going numb Uh, But I'm not going to be at the beach anywhere. It's a nice August 31st. I dig it. But um, we we got this update, Nick, from, I forget, I think, was this Empire Variety? Yeah, EW. How about EW? That one works, too. And again, sorry, live streamers. Don't worry. You can tune in tomorrow. You will hear everything that you may have missed because the (laughs) Russians are attacking the Star Wars Time show during our live stream. Um, okay. but Nick this comes by EW they sat down with Diego Genevieve O'Reilly who plays Mon Mothma and I think I'm saying this person's name right but Sane Wallenberg who is the EP and you know we, okay. we were talking about Andor the last time you were here and, and the fact that you know season one is going to tell a full year where season two is going to tell four more years every three episode is going to cover a year time frame so in this article they they kind of dove into season one and what to expect and it kind of got me excited like y- you know what i've i like rogue one i liked cassian and Jin and all those people but because they knew where they were going in that movie they didn't really spend a lot of time on character building so i i didn't yeah. really have any strong attachments to them in fact I probably was more emotionally racked over K2SO's heroic death than anything else in that movie. You know what I mean? Very like true. Yeah. I I had more of an attachment to the the droid than the meatbags.
1: <laughs>
0: and it sounds like Andor, especially for a character that's been around since Return of the Jedi, is going to dive into more of the character of a lot of these heroes that we saw sacrifice themselves in Rogue One. So, um, first and foremost, Diego had some quotes here about the first season. And he said, even though it's called Andor, as he was pointing at himself with two of his thumbs, it's about (laughs) a revolution. It's an ensemble. Ooh, ensemble. Um, It sounds like I'm already reading questions of the week responses. (laughs) (laughs) It's about a group of people. It's about community. You'll have the chance to meet many characters you don't know and visit places you don't know existed in this galaxy. So my question to you, Nick... Are we going to, like, are we going to new planets we've never even heard of that have never been in the galactic map at this point in time? Or do you think he's, is this just some PR spin here? I mean, are Um, we going to get a new planet that isn't a fucking desert? Are we going to see something a little (laughs) bit different? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that this show gives the opportunity to explore more of the galaxy because, it really is about the formation of a rebellion and the formation of a rebellion is not done on just the three planets that we know you know it's not just done on Tatooine and Coruscant and Jakku or something like that like it's it is a galaxy wide type of approach and um i think that this show uniquely gives us an an opportunity to see how the rebellion grows through uniting these cells on different planets that we may have never seen before. Um, so I do hope that we get to see some different planets. I do hope that, you know, we're not just stuck in deserts all day long like we've been in Boba Fett and like we have been in 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 a lot of the the movies and and stuff like that. You know, I I, I really want to see the lushness of this Star Wars galaxy, because if you just watch the most recent stuff and you're on Navarro, you're like, oh, wow, there's a lot of sand here. And then you go to Jakku and there's a lot of sand there and then you're on Tatooine. And there's a lot of sand there. It's like you would imagine that throughout the, the vastness of this galaxy that you could have a few trees here and there. But, you know, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to explore things a little bit more.
0: I think the other thing in this, I mean, he also teases meet many characters you don't know. I I mean, do you think we're going to get an established new fan favorite then? I mean, is this him teeing that up or will these just kind of be one-offs that fade off into the distance?
1: I do think that there are possibilities that there's going to be one-offs. I think that that like given the nature of rebellions and how... People can be easily yeah, that's killed. A good point. And, yeah, know, that's a good point. You know, you, know, uh, you may have a character that, yeah. that is introduced that just immediately dies or, you know, that you that you grow attached to in an episode or two. And then, you know, their cell gets, you know, stomped out by the Empire. So I think that it's it's a unique opportunity that Star Wars has to actually kind of Intentionally break your heart a little bit because that's what rebellions and uprisings yeah, I, are about. You know, like that is a great. Don't point. happen bloodlessly.
0: So. Do you, so you're thinking it. It could almost be like a like an IG Eleven, right, from the Mandalorian, who was just you know, hey, briefly in episode one, showed up again. I think around episode seven, had a heroic moment in eight, and died. But it's now gone on to be an iconic character because yeah. of what we saw IG-11 do, the whole ner- nurse droid aspect, the whole speeder bike thing where he's got Grogu and the Papoos blasting people left and right. <laughs> and then, of course, his heroics at the end, first saving Din yeah. and then sacrificing himself to save everybody while also showing din that hey you know what these damn robot things aren't aren't so bad after all so are you thinking it, it, we could get a lot of characters like that where they have staying power but not so much in the in the series itself they have staying power yeah. with fans but they're not staying around for too long in the series
1: yeah i mean this this show should be a show about sacrifice not necessarily just in terms of life like sacrifice of life but also you have to show the sacrifice of the people who choose to step up to, to combat the, the growing evil of the empire and the galaxy. And if you don't show that, I feel like you've missed the point of the show. Um, like realistically you could change that. You, you could arguably name this show something better and it should be called star Wars rebellion. I know you already have star Wars rebels, so you can't really do that. But like, this is about the formation of a rebellion that eventually overthrows the empire. And um, one thing that I will say about Star Wars rebels is while it was a beautiful, you know, it was a beautiful show and, and they didn't shy away from the sacrifice that was necessary to, to achieve the ultimate goal at the end of defeating the empire. I mean, you lost Kanan, um, you lost a lot of other people along the way. Uh, so it, it's, it's not, I think that they're like, they're very aware that this show is going to be about love and loss. And I don't think that, they're going to be afraid to introduce you to a new character that you are probably going to love while also knowing that they're going to rip that character away from you well, shortly we after.
0: We just recently experienced that with with Tala, right? I mean Tala is yeah. is, is probably yeah. <clears throat> the prototypical Andor character we could run into like Diego saying here like you're going to you're going to meet many new characters and and visit many places you never knew existed. It, it's we we're going to be running into more of these Talas. That that stand out, make a mark, but are only around for a short time in in the timeline. Uh, but to us fans, you know, it they'll, they leave an impression. So I'm I'm, yeah. I'm down for that. And, and you you've kind of said it a few times, but I've, I skipped over this one. Wallenberg, the EP for Andor, uh, teases that the first season is going to chart the formative years of the rebellion. So that's another thing that kind of gets me excited because. I, I, you know, call this sacrilegious. I could give two shits about Andor himself, honestly. I could give two shits. I like Diego Luna. I like how he brings the character to life on the screen, but I don't necessarily give a fuck about just Andor because I I know where his story goes. What is going to be interesting to me is is seeing how he gets there through the lens of the formation of the Rebellion. That is what I am interested about, because we, we got some of that in Rebels, but only from the perspective of the Ghost crew. While I think we're going to get it through mostly the perspective of Andor, it sounds like it's going to be on a much larger scale than just staying on Lothal or staying on the Ghost and really just experiencing the formation of the Rebellion through these different cells through just one faction i i think this is going to show us a more global formation of the rebel alliance and how its eventual leader mon mothma kind of helped to stew it foment it if you will but also trying to work together with the other cells to kind of fall under one umbrella of vision Which we know doesn't really work out for her in every rebel cell, as we saw play out with Saw Gerrera in Star Wars Rebels. I mean, that's where we learn why the other, why the Rebel Alliance essentially has them outcasted. By the time Rogue One comes around, because he went a little too extreme, like he he was getting into that jihad stuff, roadside bombs, IEDs, blood. You know, to him, it's like it doesn't matter. Whatever it takes. To push back the empire, we're willing to sacrifice. Where Mothma and in, in the Alliance, as a whole, wasn't willing to kind of cross some of those lines. So, yeah, character schmehacter andor schmandor, the formation of the rebellion. I think that's something I'm excited about. But the other thing I'm very excited about is something Genevieve O'Reilly teased, and she kind of mentioned, like, listen, the character of Mon Mothma has only been a figurehead so far i mean return the jedi she she waltzes out on home one and was like manny boffins blah blah blue and then general maydean takes over and Akbar, and you know she's gone doesn't do shit Revenge of the Sith, I, I believe her scenes get cut. You might like see her walking around in the Senate, but they cut that bonus scene where she's actually seen with the initial seven or nine. I forget how many senators yeah. talking about, uh, we we, we got to watch what this guy's doing. The, 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 this thing's getting a little crazy with these emergency powers, this and, you know, Chancellor that. Um, but she she's telling us in Andor... And, and, you know, we, we knew this because they are kind of billing her as the, the second lead. But she's telling us that for the first time, fans are actually going to get to learn more about who Mon is. It's weird to yeah. just refer to her as Mon. <laughs> Mon. <laughs> who Mon is from a character level versus just being the the leader, because even in Rogue One, same thing, I'm Mon Mothma, huh, you know, that type of shit, I'm the leader, we are wise, we can't do about- and that, and that, that, that's it, she's she's the God King, the God Queen, whatever you want to say, uh, Rebels, yeah. same thing, you don't really get much, you get a little bit more, but you don't get much, so here, here's what Genevieve is telling us, who's been playing this character since 2005, right? The idea of learning about this character, for me, as much as for anyone else, through a long-form narrative was really interesting. We have now the chance to get to know the woman. Previously, she was a bit of a pillar, or maybe a statue. I agree. I love that now we get to excavate that a little bit and learn about the human being, the woman behind the gown, if you will. So that that too gets me kind of excited and it falls right in line with with experiencing the formation of the Rebel Alliance. Now we're actually going to get to see what this lady was thinking, who Yeah. <clears throat> you know, without the fucking Skywalker twins, her Rebel Alliance would have failed and she would have had egg on her face and probably got tortured by Palpatine and Vader. But luckily, she hooked up with Skywalker twins, which was, you know, her 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 talisman or her genie lamp, whatever you want to call it. And they ended up kind of executing their vision and and winning thanks to Manny Bothans. But now we're going to get to figure out, like, uh, what was she thinking? How did she feel as a senator and a leader just watching the Republic get turned into an empire with a, you know, a tyrannical leader uh, where the Senate became a joke? I mean, we, we saw that one scene from the trailer where she's walking into the Senate and there's like 15 people there out of... the the thousands of of systems that should be represented. So I I, I'm all about this. I mean I I almost hope Mon Mothma has more (laughs) more screen time than Andor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean for Mon like Mon Mothma has always been the character that like we knew was interesting, but we never had any proof that she was interesting. I mean you have to be an interesting character if you are the leader of the rebellion.
0: Exactly. Um, you, like how did you, she get if, all these people to follow her? That that's exactly. hopefully what we're gonna see.
1: Exactly. I mean, you have you already have interesting characters under her, like you mentioned. I mean, the fact that that Princess Leia, that that Leia Organa slash Leia Skywalker was able to lit to look at this woman and say, You you are the person to lead this rebellion. You are the you are the person that we need to bring us to a new galaxy. Uh, says a lot about somebody and then you had other characters you had Bail Organa that you know falls under and then everybody else who who trusts this woman implicitly to lead them from a time of true darkness into uh, a new life for the galaxy so so I, I can't imagine her just being some like Cal Kestis milquetoast character that like well, it's she is she is cool, a ginger, you know. Nick.
0: So you never know. Yeah, it's true. They do they do share that, that quality.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, but I imagine that she has you know a a level of you know magnetism that that we probably haven't been able to see yet. Um, and I'm excited for for so Genevieve to do, be able do to do Do you
0: think that. then? Do you think we'll kind of see some of the some of the goings on and the behind the scenes talks that kind of lead to? Propping her up, or do you think through her actions and words in the galaxy that she just kind of naturally becomes the head of the Rebel Alliance? Because you know, why not Bail Organa? Yeah. Why not eventually Leia when she is of age? You know, I want to learn why did Mon Mothma kind of become the default figurehead, the 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 main leader, the president, if you will. Why? And, and I'm hoping that why is somewhat. Revealed in these two seasons of Andor. I mean, it it does sound like we're going to get more of who Mon is, but I'd like to know overall. I mean, was it a vote? Was it just how she acted or what she said? Is is she great with words? And is that her power to bring people in and band them together? I I guess I want to learn why does Mon Mothma become the supreme leader, if you will, of the Rebel Alliance by the time? the OT kicks in, because this show, honestly, its timeline is going to be shared more or less with the timeline of Star Wars Rebels, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Rebels was four to five years before Yavin and all that jazz, and leads right up to it. In fact, Rebels, one of the greatest Star Wars properties out there, if you can get over it being animated, shows a lot of this. But you know, it, it, they imply Mon's kind of already in charge. She's already on Yavin running the, the Masasi Temple. Uh, she is the one that is already kind of bringing the rebel cells together, which the Ghost Crew via Phoenix Squadron was. They they were a cell. Like when we start watching rebels, they're, they're, the alliance isn't a thing yet. Yeah. It, it's Phoenix Squadron. It's the Ghost Crew all doing their own shit. Uh, Saul's gang, Mon's gang. So what was this, Commander Sato's gang, or he was Phoenix Squadron? But you know, do you think we get something where it's a defined moment here? This is our leader. We follow her, obviously in secret. But Mon Mothma's the gal. Fuck Saul. Fuck Bale. It's Mon.
1: I don't know if we'll get a like a like a vote moment. I don't know if that'll happen. But I think what they may try to do. Is show you why she's the leader okay. through her yeah. actions right. and through her her character development and stuff like that. So may not be as like in, in your face or as express as like, okay, we're gonna have a vote now to see who's gonna be the leader of the rebellion. Everybody raise your hand who wants Mon Mothma. Everybody <laughs> yeah, raise put, your put hand put who names wants in like, all right, did you, you get know. your
0: did you get your vote in? Okay,
1: yeah, pick it out I don't of the hat, think it'll...
0: young Andor.
1: Yeah, so I, I think what'll likely be is that. You'll be like, we'll find out through her actions, through her words, through her deeds, why she is the leader. Um, Because
0: if you think about it Mm -hmm. and I know it's hard to do because George had stories in mind and then went back and did the prequels and kind of bunked some things up or threw some wrenches in the thing. But I mean, just on a pure mention level and the screen time level, Bail Organa, Organa tomato tomato seemed like the most obvious choice to slide into the role of leader of the of a rebel movement correct yeah i mean he he was featured prominently in the prequels Uh, he popped up again in in obi-wan kenobi he's a damn near king on his own planet uh, and, and like I said, out, outside the cut scene, I don't even think you get any Mon Mothma anything in the prequels. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's... I, I wonder... I wonder I if they think, if wonder, they show that right because I mean Bale Organa yeah. Ur- 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 is still going to be alive. So do the, 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 they do they show him kind of like no, you need to be the one because I've got the Skywalker kid and I I can't have that type of heat on me if, if we got fi- found out stuff like that. I mean there are there, there yeah. are um, reasons why I think <laughs> Bale probably would turn it down, especially yeah. a, a big one being Princess Leia Organa.
1: I I wonder if George has a regret about that. I wonder if George can now kind of take a look back at the prequels and say, like, man, you know, the missed opportunity here is actually building out Mon Mothma's character more. Um, Because I feel like it would be really cheapened if she became the leader of the rebellion because Bail Organa was like, well, I just, you know, I don't want to do it like it's probably not best for me to do it. So you should do it. Like, I feel like that would be a really weak way for her to take that mantle. And I think that if they do it that way, it almost cheapens the character because, because then it becomes like, well, you were kind of the, the default fallback. And, you know, I, I really do hope that they actually take effort to, to prove to you through her character development and deeds why she's the leader and not just because Bail Organa decided yeah, to Yeah, I'm take with you. And,
0: and like I'm not, I'm not some sexist freak that thinks, you know, men should always be in, in the lead role, but from what we've been shown uh, on screen yeah. in cartoons, <clears throat> you name it, Bail always seems to be the most vocal voice from the, yeah. the, the political spectrum of Star Wars and you are right like it, it if you go back and watch that deleted scene from Rots, I, I still don't know where he would have fitted in but it it probably should have been left in just to kind of tee her up for people that that don't quite understand her importance I mean for people like us coming from the OT era we knew who she was even though she just shows up for a few minutes in Return of the Jedi but we, it's made pretty clear, like, okay, th- this lady's very important to the Rebel Alliance. They all listen to her. She seems to be the one giving orders to even the fucking Skywalker twins, who are truly the reason the Rebel Alliance was successful. You know, we can all say, you know, Joe Schmoe and Porkins, they helped too. No, they didn't do shit. I mean, it's, it's, it's Luke and Leia with, with some assists from Chewbacca and, and Han Solo, more or less, with, with Lando pitching in a little, little bit there at the end, but I, I don't like I said, right when we got into this topic, I've been, I, I don't want to say I've been cold on Andor, I've just been like, eh, I'll, I'll definitely check it out, I'm excited, it's new Star Wars, but I have not been sitting around like like I was for Kenobi, you know, almost getting palpitations and and Christmas morning excitement, I'm just I'm waiting, but I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing, and, and you know we make fun of Tony Gilroy, but he does do good work at least in Star Wars. That's been proven via Rogue One in the in the hallway scene. But I I I like what I'm hearing from the cast at this point. Formative yeah. years of the rebellion. I can get behind that. I I would love to see that type of shit in in the random characters that are are kind of pushing back against the Empire at this point in time. I really dig getting behind the, the 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 mask or the white gown, if you will, of Mon Mothma. And actually, as Nick said, kind of figuring out who she is, what makes her tick, and ultimately why she became the figurehead of the Rebellion. And it does sound like Andor is going to uh, deliver this, so... Um I'm down man I, I I do think Andor is gonna be a a, a sleeper. I think so. I think a lot of people may have kind of my approach to it where you know they're excited we're Star Wars fans we're gonna get pumped, but they may not have that you know that that burning desire like I can't wait for the 31st and they're and they're crossing off days on their calendar, like mm-hmm. fifty more days to go to Andor. but in the end it, it could be one of the most informative. Star Wars live action series we we get, at least for that OT era. And, and you know they're going to sprinkle some shit in that probably extends into the Mandoverse timeline because you, you just have to at this point in time. That's that's Disney's bread and butter. That is their own little timeline that they have fully created at this point in time. Yes, they've used a lot of George's creations in there. At this point, they're now Dave's and the Mouses. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, August 31st, Andor, let's see this rebellion form. Let, let's kind of, who's going to be the next Tala? You know, who's going to be the next K2SO? And it sounds like Andor is going to be delivering those to us. Um, but I, I'm even excited to see who's going to be the next planet that isn't full
1: yeah. of sand.
0: You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Yeah, just...
1: Spice it up a little bit, guys. Yeah. You know, Dayu was
0: cool. I mean, Dayu yeah. was cool, but Jabim were, cool. were right back to a dusty, brownish, craggy planet. I mean, it, it yeah. uh, Jabim was a few shades lighter than Navarro and a few shades darker than Tatooine, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that, that is going to really go over well with a lot of people that might not like the look of the volume anymore is the fact that Andor a lot of it was shot out in the world. Yeah. Uh, Real life sets, no more volume. And it it is funny how quick people have turned on the volume technology already. Cause I can remember in 2019 when the Mando came out and we learned how they shot some of the scenes, all of us were like, what? That's amazing. That is so cool. I, I can't wait to see what they do next. Now it's the volume sucks. It looks like shit. Look how generic. I can see the fucking skyline horizon over there. When they do chase scenes, they just move the cameras around. You have Vader squirt out from one side of the stage to the next. It looks I mean, kind of
1: stupid. I just don't understand those people because did you think that the volume was just like, like everybody's always excited for technological innovation, which is what the volume was until, until they realized like, <laughs> until it becomes oh, the well, new thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, like you're doing this because it's easier to do than going to real locations. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Like the reason yeah. that we built this is because we can eat more easily control the environments here and stuff like that. It may not they even said it's like it's not going to look as good as if you're on location, but this will be as closest to, as we can get now to recreating real life locations in a controlled set, and that's what their Amen. goal was during the height of COVID. Money the, money
0: is a powerful thing. <clears throat> Money is yeah. a powerful thing. If if a company like Disney can say, "Hey, we can do this for hundred million versus two hundred fifty million," they're going to be like, "Okay, we'll we'll deal with some of the critiques on the visuals." Sounds good to me. Order it up. I mean, it, it's just that that's what it is. They can film these motherfucking things on the back lot in Hollywood now instead of flying to England or Tunisia. It, it's just it's the natural progression of filmmaking it's been happening ever since film film and cinema became a thing there's always going to be the next person the next innovator that is going to invent something that is going to change the medium and and honestly George Lucas should still get credit for the volume that was More or less, what he was doing with all those fucking green screens and blue screens, he just didn't have virtual reality and Unreal Engine 4 and 5 back in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, But this is what he was trying to tell everyone. That's why he made the fucking prequels. It was more of a tech demo than a love letter to Star Wars fans. He made those movies for himself and to show what he and ILM can do to push the medium of film forward. But George has been doing that since day one on fucking Star Wars. that yeah, I mean, we George is one of the most amazing humans to live during our lifetime. I mean, the guy invented our our modern our our modern Greek tragedy that's going to live on for centuries or at least until we fully eradicate ourselves which is now looking like it might happen in my, la- my lifetime, which is crazy. I-, I thought it just my kids were going to suffer. But it's now looking like w- I am going to see the fall of possibly the United States, if not the entire world, before I die. Um, but, but George has always, I think in my mind, been more of a, an, an innovator than a, a director, I mean, he obviously has the imagination, and that's his biggest asset. His imagination led him to create Star Wars, but it also is what allowed him to push those fucking tech geeks at ILM back in the 70s to come up with some of the crazy shit that they invented to make the movies he had in his head. And while we're talking about ILM, just a reminder, everyone, next week that documentary is going to drop on Disney+, and I think it's going to be fucking amazing. <sighs> It's like the, the, the history of ILM and, and what they have done for the art of filmmaking with a lot of it coming from George's mind. I mean, George didn't invent those techniques, but he was the one that had the idea like, no, I, ships flying in space need to look like this. You motherfuckers, Phil Tippett, the, the rest of you, figure it out. And those guys in their 20s would sit around in the fucking garage in their, you know, shorts and no shirt, drinking beer, eating pizza, and they'd just fuck around with explosions and miniatures. And look what we got. And then that moved into the whole CGI and green screen, and that has now morphed into the volume. But, yeah, the volume's not going away. I, I don't know if Andor used it at all, but uh, for those of you that are getting sick of the volume, that's another thing I think Andor may kind of cleanse your palate with, is it's more traditional approach to its um principal photography. So, yeah, we got we got some UK people in here Nick for the first time they're feeling what climate change feels like. It's like, hey guys, Not you know, we there, we feel for you, but this guy right here, I mean, he he essentially lives in 100 degree <laughs> weather every day. It, it he hasn't can't go outside.
1: Below, and- it I mean, there hasn't been a day where it hasn't hit over 100 degrees in 3 weeks. So, yeah. I mean, I, just, and like that, it actually may be longer than that. Like my perception of time has gotten really messed up since. I've yeah. I mean, sick. you,
0: you honestly look like you're on ayahuasca or something right now. Like you. I just, mean, cause it's,
1: <laughs> I, I like, I'm, I'm barely hanging on energy wise, but like the reality of what's happened is that like, over like I've had COVID for 12 days, but it, to me, it has felt like this has been at least a month. Like yeah, it can do and, that. It's it's hot, but it is. It's in Texas, like it'll get to one hundred and six degrees, and and like, it's nothing, like it. One hundred six yeah, degrees. Not to Fahrenheit, like, not we get
0: it. Over in the UK, <laughs> this this hasn't happened since seventy six. But don't don't be like, oh, this is a record one. Th-. No, I mean th- this is going to be the new normal because we we get yes. that here now. I mean, I'm in fucking Ohio, and I've had hundred degree weeks this summer. I mean, it just hello, rough. let's burn rough. this fucker down. I need to go out and buy a new diesel truck and a, another gas hog vehicle because it's not like I can drive anyways. Just let them sit in my driveway and, <laughs> in, and just uh, idle all day long to kind of keep fueling climate change. Yeah. I love climate
1: change. Yeah.
0: All right. So moving right along to a rumor, and this honestly is it's a continuation of a rumor we talked about back in June for making Star Wars where... He kind of dropped the knowledge that the Darth Vader team from Kenobi had been called back together, uh, excuse me, for another live action series. And at the time, we're like, well, you know, what could it be? Could it be Ahsoka? Could it be Andor? Could it be Vader's own series? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. please." But it's now sounding like it's 100% going to be for the Ahsoka series. Um, According to MSW, his sources have told him that Tom O'Connell is being or has been fitted for a new Vader armor set for the Ahsoka series. His sources also told him that Darth Vader will have a significant sequence, notice the key word there, sequence in the series. And here's the other thing, it sounds like Tom O'Connell will be the only super tall dude... To don the suit this time, because apparently the the um, the Eastern Bloc guy, this De- Demetrius yeah. Bistrevsky, got into a bit of a public spat about pay, which usually equals well, see ya, you don't have to work on Star Wars anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's it. So I mean, all MSW is saying at this point is he's reporting with a hundred percent confidence that Vader is going to be in the Ahsoka series. So now, Nick, our job is to figure out how. And it, it, it obviously has to be a flashback. I mean, that doesn't take a yeah. rocket scientist to figure out. The question is, what is it going to be of? And I know everyone is immediately going to the duel, the duel, the duel. And listen, I don't think you're wrong. It it makes sense because what, what would the duel do in live action? Well, it's going to... To bring in some Star Wars Rebels content and kind of expose non-Rebels fans to that era. Because if you think about it, if they go to the duel, a perfect part to pick it up would be right after she kind of knocks his helmet off. And Ezra pops through the goddamn gate to save her. Because right there, you get an introduction of the Ezra character to the live-action audience. Ahsoka and vader knowing each other and having a connection so I, i'm with you I, 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 a lot of you have been like oh it's going to be this the the fight the fight the duel the duel and i'm going yeah you know it, it it does make sense from a storytelling perspective my question is after what we saw in kenobi and we've already seen it in rebels in animated form do you think they go to the well a third time and show vader getting his helmet cracked by someone that used to be important in his life
1: i think that um honestly i think that the 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 better way to do it and look this only has to be a few seconds and and let's be right because it it
0: did say just a significant sequence so it's not going to be like he's not going to be he can't be in every episode he's fucking dead in in that timeline but it, it it does sound like it is going to be more than just a, a few seconds, but it's also not going to be a just a full episode of Vader. And I know yeah. you weren't here last week, but we, we dropped the news that Natasha Lou Bordizzo said that the Ahsoka series is going to have a standalone Star Wars Rebels chapter. Uh, we, we were thinking yeah. it's probably going to be like a catch-up chapter with you know flashbacks sprinkled in. So this moment would probably fit in that standalone chapter if she is speaking the truth. But go ahead, back to the, the whole duel thing. Do yeah. you do you think that is I mean, overplayed?
1: The way that I would handle it is like, obviously it's going to be, either, you know, memory, flashback, dream, whatever it is. But I think that this, the significance of the scene is going to be more to show the world between worlds and Ezra than it is to show Vader. Because realistically, like, we already, like, you know, like, yeah, it'll be cool to show Vader and... You know, the people who aren't aware of the rebels timeline and what happened in that will be super um, excited about it. But really what you're trying to show is you're trying to show how the world between world works by Ezra popping through and saving her. And you're trying to show, you know, the the introduction, perhaps the introduction to the live action version of uh, Ezra. So the way that I see it happening is like you just see kind of like flashes of the battle which is why you need O'Connell in there at all because you're going to show at least like a few clashes of lightsabers with the with the helmet still intact then you'll like flash to later in the battle where she where she has already cut the helmet I don't know if they need to show the cut helmet right. part again but like where you see Hayden's face like you see Hayden's face in the helmet again and then the moment where the rescue happens, so yeah. Because anything, I, <clears throat> that's how I think they'll they'll handle it.
0: All right, and and you just you said it better than I was saying it, but that that's kind of what I meant <laughs> and why I think they would use that <laughs> duel because it it checks a lot of boxes for the narrative. Yeah. It it gets the the casual live action only audience kind of clued into Ahsoka's past a bit. Uh, to the to the Rebels faction, to Ezra himself, if they do choose to actually show it, and more importantly, the World Between Worlds, which I still think is going to be a main component of the Ahsoka series. I mean, the goddamn logo is framed in it. The letters yeah. are shaped like it. I, I, I mean, unless that's just complete misdirection, I'm pretty sure uh, the, the WBW is going to play a role in the Ahsoka series. In fact... If anyone's watched the leaked trailer, which popped up again on the internet this week, kind of like the Mandalorian stuff's been doing, she goes to some sort of temple that could very well be another WBW portal. Because I, I believe the one from Rebels gets covered up in the end. Ezra ends up sinking it and preventing the Emperor from getting access to it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that that's probably the way to handle it, just flashing to that duel. Cause you're you're yeah. gonna get the emotion like you know you could have her kind of doing a bleep, 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 flashing back thinking about her former master and that very impactful moment where she finally does realize in her soul that oh my god i I kind of had an idea but yeah this is Anakin this is my former master but I, I'm I'm also with bat in the chat and with some other chatter I've seen online I, I don't we don't need to see the, the fucking helmet crack again in live action it's just it would be overplayed. Uh, we, we got an iconic moment in live action with Vader getting his helmet cracked and Kenobi. Leave it at that. Uh, leave the Rebels' helmet crack as is. Let let them kind of still have that moment to that series. And like Nick said, let's just kind of boom, boom, get those beats like Soka. Yeah. You, like, you hear Ezra's voice pu- pulling her out because I believe he pulls her in just as Vader is either going to come down with a hard strike so or... he's
1: closing on her for yeah, sure. Or, like,
0: or you know. Malachor. I mean, at that point, the, the Malachor temple is already starting to cave down. So even if she got away yeah. from Vader, she, she could have ended up getting smashed. But I, I, I kind of... I'm with you there. Now, let, let's kind of take a different route. And I was thinking about this when I was sitting on my shower chair like a 90-year-old man spraying my balls off before the show... You know what it has just been severely lacking in live-action Star Wars? It's space battles, dogfights. In particular, yeah. with Darth Vader at the helm of his TIE Advanced. And I can think of a scene right from Rebels where I think the ghosts, I think they're with Phoenix and Ahsoka's with them. But Vader shows up in his TIE Advanced and essentially takes on an entire squadron of rebel fighters and is just kicking the shit out of them flying like an ace doing spins like his younger self used to love to do and and ahsoka is literally on the ship almost having a panic attack because she's like my god the 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 energy radiating from that that this imperial pilot is it's so strong it it reminds me of she almost has one of those you know Vader on the Death Star moments like I haven't sensed this presence since when <laughs> he's just looking around. I would mm-hmm. like to see something yeah. like that. I mean, l- let's go. L- let's get some live action Vader in his goddamn ship waylaying rebel fighters. We we haven't really yeah. seen that since since A New Hope. And and that was you know th- that was very rigid because of the technology at the time. I, I yeah. just I mean, outside the opening bits of revenge of the Sith, I wouldn't even call that a, a space battle. They just kind of fly through and fight some fucking stupid buzz droids and shit. We, we haven't had a, a damn good star Wars space battle since the fucking trench run, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I think that I would definitely love to see it. I'm struggling to see a place where it would fit in it, here. It does Unless it doesn't. she was like, I, I think that the, the, the opportunity for that, lies in Andor. I think that there is a strong opportunity that yeah. if they were going to incorporate Vader, which is definitely in play for Andor, whether it's season one or season two, that would fit really well there. Um, if they if they go to a, um, a Kenobi season two, I think it could fit well there as well. Obviously, the two of them probably wouldn't ha- like Kenobi and Vader probably wouldn't have interaction anymore. But that doesn't mean that you still can't you still can't check in on Vader during a season two of Kenobi, you know, see, see what he's up to. Um, but yeah, unless and, and the, uh, the only way that I could see that really slotting into the Ahsoka series is obviously there's going to need to be exploration of the galaxy in some way, shape or form. If they're looking for us for uh, Ezra, if that, if that is a primary storyline within Ahsoka, you would imagine that, her and Sabine are going to be flying around and like if they do get into an area where they get into a dogfight with imperial remnant soldiers or if they something like that and you know maybe you could flash to a scene like that where Ahsoka is remembering when you know that that's that time during rebels where where Vader was doing his yeah, thing Yeah
0: so I'm I'm getting corrected from some of our diehards and and they're not wrong I, I, return of the Jedi Okay, that that probably was a bigger space battle than than a New Hope. The battle is yeah, scary. Like yeah, but that it didn't that looks,
1: include it. Didn't include Vader. I mean, that, I didn't that, know. I don't know if that's what you were angling at. Like yes, ones that included well, I, Vader as no, the pilot. You're,
0: you're right, and and I'm I'm coming more from a a framing it as as a dogfight, like actually yeah. being in the cockpit, listening to the pilots. We 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 haven't really gotten much of that. Uh, since A New Hope, with the bad guys, seeing the TIE fighters in their TIE fighters, chasing the good guys, listening to the chatter from, you know, Red Squadron, Gold Squadron, seeing Vader, I have you now, with his little dials blowing shit up. That's what I'm talking about, my friends, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Yes, the Rogue One space battles were visually impressive, but you you didn't really get up close and personal with a ton of the fighters, and of course, there were there was no Darth Vader in his tie advance. He was hanging out on his Star Destroyer. And then once the dust settled, he got on his shuttle and rolled over to, was at the Radis, and, yeah. um, you know, fuck some shit up.
1: I so, mean, you had the opening sequence too of uh, TLJ that had some good uh, space fighting and stuff like that, where you saw Kylo and his um, Interceptor. Um, and, right. you know, but yeah, like without, we haven't really had... A true focus on the dogfighting angle, which I assume is what the angle that Patty Jenkins was taking for <laughs> Rogue Squadron. But yeah, you know, who, right? Who yeah, knows at this point,
0: that movie, whenever that's yeah. that, whenever that's that's yeah, coming yeah, out with that the that Kenobi happened. movie and the Boba Fett movie at this point in time.
1: Yeah, so Rogue so Squadron. We'll
0: it's just it's it's become the redheaded stepchild, and Tykes will be the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, all right. What I I I probably didn't frame it correct. I'm talking like Darth Vader in space yeah. yeah along with pigs in space and only old people will probably get that <laughs> reference uh kyle yeah okay all right okay yeah, everyone loves everyone loves their their space battles that's all right they all look good visually but they didn't they didn't have that personal feel that we got in the A new hope trench run when the dark lord of the fucking sith is in his different looking tie fighter with only two wingmen taking out squadrons of rebels by himself until a drunken scoundrel shows up after partying and partying, getting all his loot and accidentally shoots his wingman who bumps into Darth Vader to take him out and put him into a a uh, unescapable or inescapable barrel roll. So really all this is, Nick, is me wanting my Darth Vader series and, and just wanting yeah. to see moments from the comics play out. <laughs> I mean, he had yeah. there's a moment in the recent comic run where dude takes on his squadron in space, blows them all up goes down and lands and then takes out like a battalion on the ground all by himself. Like just fucking hanging out. Just a, you know, it's just a normal day in the life of Darth Vader after he gets his limbs screwed back on. So, um, I, am not, I'm not taking anything away from everyone else's favorite space battles. I, I might cast a big net over that, but uh, as I tried to reframe it, I was more talking about seeing Vader fight in space mm-hmm. And yeah. you are right, Nick, in terms of the Ahsoka series and how that moment from Rebels would tie in, it, it, it doesn't make as much sense as the Ahsoka-Vader fight. But it did involve Ahsoka having emotions about thinking that, oh my God, I, I this this essence, this Force essence feels so familiar to me. I've seen yeah. someone be able to pilot like this before, but no, he's dead. This It, it can't be. But again... I don't know how that they would cram that in unless she... Like Obi-Wan, if she has nightmares about Darth Vader. But at this point, you would think she has moved beyond some of that. You know? I mean, we're, we're talking... She's seven years past Return of the Jedi. Some good things have happened. Some bad things have happened. Anakin had been redeemed. So you, you would think, like a lot of people, including his fucking kids, she... At, at, at the... Where she's at in the Mandoverse timeline she probably has come to grips with what happened with Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader and whatnot. So I do think the flashbacks will be more geared towards world between worlds, setting up the Rebels players, and why they are important to Ahsoka. Because if you have not watched Rebels, Natasha Lou Bordizzo is like, hey, you know, you're not going to be completely in the dark. We are going to have a standalone Rebels episode to help catch some of you up. But clearly, you're going to get way more... Um, the Ahsoka series is going to mean a lot more to you and things are going to stand out much clearer if you have gone through, uh, rebels. But uh, to Nick's point, I, I think the flashbacks have to be meaningful to the story they're telling in Ahsoka. Not so much. She's this depressed person. Cause I don't think she is. Uh, I know Rosario told us last week, like, listen, Ahsoka's popped up in this modern timeline, but none of you have any idea what she's been through and who she is as a character. But I don't see her moping around in the Mandoverse timeline still regretting what happened with Anakin. She she has to have had that closure like his son and daughter did after his death in Return of the Jedi. That's just, that's my philosophical take there, my I'm um, playing a little psychologist, if you will, with fake science fiction characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tone's got it. Vader down. That was the arc. He knows what I'm talking about. That That's the shit yeah, I want to see. We talked
1: about it on, uh, on the show.
0: Yeah. That stuff's fantastic. So there you go. I, I mean, we're still going to get Hayden, but he's not going to be in the suit unless they need to show his face. And I'm with Nick and a lot of you here in the live stream. It's, it, we don't need, to, we don't need that moment remade in live action. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm I'm leaning towards more what Nick is saying. Like that moment is purely going to serve as a vehicle to introduce the players that are going to play a big role in the Ahsoka series in its main timeline. So we shall see. I'm excited for this one. I mean, 2023 uh, is shaping up to maybe kick 2022's ass in terms of programming. I mean, we're we're going to start things off with the Mandalorian in February. And you would think Ahsoka's probably going to take Obi-Wan Kenobi's slot, slot, put it in the slot. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I could see Ahsoka drop in May, June, something like that. And then Andor season two, hopefully they they stick to its window. And maybe that comes out August of 23. But I I don't even think they've done a lot of principle on season two yet, Andor. So who knows? Yeah. Oh, tones, we got an we got an update here. I don't know where he got the report for, but this is coming in hot. This is coming in hot here. Andor is gonna open with two episodes according to tones 1138. So I I trust the guy. Um uh, that's I guess that's good news i mean I, I think that's probably a smart play on Disney's part because of how short these fucking episodes are. I think it served Kenobi well to do one and two because if it just ended at one, him getting on a transport as after moping around for thirty five minutes, people probably been like series blah. <laughs> So I I don't think that's a bad idea. It it, it seems like Disney is adopting the Amazon Prime or the HBO Max delivery model on certain series where they'll give you one or two or three episodes and then it goes to the uh, serialized episodic (laughs) drops.
1: I like the serialized format better, honestly. It just allows... It it keeps spoilers off the internet for those of you who don't binge and... It just, it gives you something to look forward to. It is. It's,
0: you know, people like us, we, we have the benefit of remembering life before binging and streaming and all that stuff. So we're, I think we're more trained and to wait, you know, good things come to those who wait. A lot of old people probably told you that in your life, if you're a young one listening to this, Uh, but I'm with you because I, I am just finally getting into stranger things. I'm, I'm up up through episode seven so i got like the two slogs left yeah but because i didn't fucking shove it down my eyeballs when it came out in may and june i can't tell you how many times i I mean i've already had certain things spoiled it's it's inevitable and i'm not i'm not one of these people that's gonna be getting on a soapbox like how dare you post spoilers for a show that's been out for two months i get it i get it but nick has a point when when these, you know, Netflix in particular, when it drops a series like that's as popular as Stranger Things, if you don't fucking eat it and just literally inject it into your eyeballs the, the first day or two it comes out, it's over. I mean, there, there's people yeah. whipping their wingers out, pissing spoilers out all over the internet. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's not like Kenobi where... You know, you give it a few days, and it's like, all right. Well, if you haven't watched the episode three days after, that's on you. I mean, you you just don't care that much. But a series like Stranger Things takes some serious fucking hours to get through. I mean, season four is like five hundred hours long. I mean, the last episode is longer than most feature length films.
1: Yeah, the last episode it's two two and a half
0: hours long, man. I just watched uh, episode seven, which was an hour 40. And it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. I, Stranger Things season four has been fucking tits. It's It's been the best season, in my opinion, from a storytelling standpoint. But my God, you have to dedicate some serious time. So I, I'm with you. I. It sucks to wait, but the wait does ultimately make the next episode inherently better. So... I'm with you, but I I think binge culture is here to stay, at least on at least with Netflix series. The other ones seem to have pulled back and figured out, like, hey, maybe we can trick people to sub longer if we don't just give them everything at once. Yeah. Uh, I mean Paramount Plus, they do it with all their their series. So it, it's it really is just kind of Netflix at this point in time that's sticking with the here you yeah. go, check it all out. Yeah, because there's a lot of shit I want to watch. I mean, I I need to catch up on the last the latest season of Umbrella Academy for all of mankind. I just got in the Severance on Apple TV Plus. That shit's deep as fuck. Uh, there's just so much, so little time. I guess I should stop watching Beat Bobby Flay as I sit mm-hmm. in my basement all day long with my my leg up. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah
0: um i'm I'm with you props try to keep some of the stranger things spoilers out because i i I haven't i haven't had them all spoiled yet (laughs) but yeah uh yeah i'm with you props i'd I'd love to get an episode of star wars that's an hour and 38 minutes long but we're lucky to get 50 minute episodes at this point in time it's just that ain't happening that's their their model is short tv it's not even like traditional hour-long tv which is you know usually 42 minutes without commercials it's Oh, hey, one week you'll get 50 minutes, one week you'll get 30, the next week you'll get 43, and then maybe 28, and it's like, I don't know, it's just, who decides where to cut these things, I'll never understand, but it's what we got, it's what we have to live with. Sticking with the uh, live-action Star Wars universe, which is pretty much the only Star Wars universe these days. Uh, this popped up in our Discord thanks to Scion. I didn't see it right away, but I obviously, me being me, I check the internets every day, and uh, this popped up on Reddit leaks, but according to some Spanish poster, it has the Book of Boba Fett scheduled for a season two, and while I am not the most fluent in Spanish... I do have Google and I checked all these words here. You know what Coming I mean, Coming soon, Yeah, Yeah. Tem- Temporada 2 literally means season, season 2. Season Muy pronto, as Nick said, is correct. Coming soon. Uh, disponsible Aura means available now. Available now. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, who knows where this came from or what someone did to it. If it has been mucked with, I, I I doubt it. It's not like you can get a lot of cachet from this type of stuff. So, I don't think anyone was trying to clout chase. But it does have the Book of Boba Fett on the same banner as Mando, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Andor. Everything looks pretty legit. Not that that's hard to fake these days on the internet, but uh, what, what do you think, man? It, 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 to me, it, it, it's like it's part of the Mando verse, so why not? I mean, why not rotate yeah. it in and out just like
1: Ahsoka? You know what I mean? I mean, if, it's, it's highly likely that this is real. I would say, I'll say that because like you said, there's no reason to fake something like this. Um, and I think that the, the whole purpose of this star Wars TV experiment is to create a shared universe. So while season one may not have been everything that, that people wanted from it, like it doesn't mean that people aren't excited to see where the character goes next, especially a character like Boba Fett. And especially when you have somebody like Tamira Morrison out there, who's already said like, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens if, you know, when we continue and, you know, I want to see Boba Fett get back to a little bit of the old Boba Fett and stuff like that. So it's, it's not surprising to me that there would be a season two of book. Um The character is integral to the character of the Mandalorian at this point. We've yeah. seen that I mean- in both <laughs> season two of Mando and in season one of book of Boba Fett, like these two characters seem to be kind of interlinked at this point. So it's just a good way to continue converging storylines within this universe. So I would, I'm, I'm all for
0: yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like, okay. it just, you're going to get, kind of the, the the I don't want to say the same story but you could have other pokers and other threads running alongside whatever main narrative the Book of Boba Fett season 2 aims to tell. Uh, just like in Ahsoka, we're we're going to get a lot of stuff that's Ahsoka centric, but it's a, a good part of it is going to affect the Mandoverse timeline. And maybe not so much the Mandalorian himself, but it could be the Empire through through Thrawn. Maybe some of the other moffs get brought up in the Ahsoka series that could eventually bleed into the Mandalorian. And and Nick's right. I mean, it's... Well, hell, John and Dave, I mean, if you go back to the behind the scenes of Boba Fett, Book of Boba, John says, I, I don't think this is verbatim, but he says, Listen, we consider this the third chapter of the story we're telling in The Mandalorian. Like, the Book of Boba Fett is the third chapter. I know Mandalorian season three is coming, but from the creator, the guy that cooked all this shit up, Jon Favreau, he considered the book of Boba Fett to be their third season of storytelling. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't pigeonhole it to the Mandalorian. He just said, this is the third season of our storytelling in this universe. Be it if the title says Mando, if it says Boba Fett, it all is interconnected Albeit, you're going to get a, a, a bit stronger focus on the titular character, obviously. You're, you're going to get a lot more Ahsoka in Ahsoka than you will in The Mandalorian. You're going to get a lot more Mando and Mando than you will in The Book of Boba Fett. But they, they all can be in each other's series. And they're all eventually, as we've been told, who knows if they change this, should be working towards some sort of Arrowverse-like crossover mega-event at some yeah. point in time. So I know a lot of people are a little sour on the Book of Boba for this, that, and the other thing. I'm I'm all for it if they're going to do it. I, I, I think they set it up to where you're not going to get benevolent Boba anymore, which should make a lot of the angry Boba bros happy. I think he probably would get a bit more ruthless, maybe not as hardcore as he was during the original trilogy. But even Tem himself was like, yeah, you know what, we... we Probably went a little too soft. I'm ready to get a little more traditional boba. Uh, yeah. So 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 why not? As long as you're kind of pushing the ball forward and you're moving along the titular character's arc as well as the uh, overarching arcs of the Mandoverse <laughs> narrative, yay, okay let's go, maybe not give it to Robert Rodriguez, but you know, friends are friends and I'm sure he'll stay an EP on the book of Boba until they, they yeah. stop doing book of Bobas, but, um, maybe they'll take the feedback to heart and just leave him as a showrunner and, and not so much a director of episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how it plays out in terms of like the technical execution aspect, but I think it's important to have that around as the storytelling vehicle. Yeah, so Uh, you're
0: you're not going to jump off your roof because there could be a second season of Book of Boba, right?
1: I also don't think that I would be that upset if Robert Rodriguez did it again either. Like, I don't care if he comes back and directs it. Like, what's important to me is like, What the story being told is and not as much, you know, I mean, like I like and again, like if you go back and listen to the Boba Fett episodes, I did have some issues with the way the story was being told. I think they missed some opportunities with Boba's character and stuff like that. But um, I also don't think that like Robert Rodriguez can't take criticism and then make a better version for season two. Like he's a professional filmmaker. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I I mean,
0: he he either is going to be like, whatever Fans are fans. I mean, look, fucking George Lucas had to deal with it too. He just, yeah, he just was lucky that social media wasn't rampant by the time he he got out of the game. Or trust me, we would be talking about all the people shitting on George Lucas at this point in time. It it, it doesn't fail. There's always going to be sects of the fandom that just aren't happy about anything, and they're going to look to anyone to put the blame on. So yeah, I I, I could care less. I mean. I think the story would definitely, I don't want to say be darker, maybe a little more hardcore. Uh, I don't see Boba going back to being a a bounty hunter. He's tasted what it feels like to be a leader. I don't think he wants to work for anyone anymore. He, 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 He very may well run his own guild or run his own operation or have his own clan it could hell it could just be him and fennec but i I don't think you're gonna see him hanging out at the palace i'm pretty sure he's gonna give that shit over to Cobb vanth and let Cobb become kind of the new daimyo of those cities on tatooine it just it just makes sense i mean Cobb is more of a leader more of a protector and boba more or less says as uh, the series wraps this shit ain't for me. I'm glad I tried it out, but this shit ain't for me after all. So let's go fucking kill some bad guys. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll keep our uh, ears to the ground on this. I, I would not be surprised if they do continue in it. And it. Like I said, I, I think it would be continued more so for the Mandoverse and that project and, and all the interconnected series more than just, oh, we want another Boba series. At this point anything john and dave are touching it's all comprehensive it's all part of a plan that is going to lead to an end game if you will i am such a clever motherfucker with my words sometimes okay star wars gamers out there and not that this is anything new it's not like we we get new games on a regular basis Mm -hmm. but there was one some of you may have been looking forward to especially if you're into competitive arena shooters and that was Star Wars Hunters. I believe one of our big fans, Scion, got to check this out at, at Celebration. I'm sure some of uh, some of the rest of you that went to Celebration might have got to play it a bit. Uh, I really haven't heard bad things about it either. It just didn't stand out to me. It's not really my type of game. To me, Nick, is it safe to say Star Wars Hunters is more or less Overwatch Star Wars? Maybe a little scaled yeah. down, not as many characters. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I would imagine so, but um, probably not as many maps either. Yeah, yeah, but <sighs> I mean, it it,
0: it, it was arena-based, team-based, class-based, so I mean, it, it had all those boxes checked, it had different game modes that weren't just all shooting, it had, you know, escorting shit, it just, everything I read, it, it, and even the way it looks, it just felt very Overwatchy, which quite frankly, would be awesome, because Overwatch, when I was playing it, was one of the most fun competitive gaming experiences i've had as an adult to where i'm not playing all the time to being good but i could get in there and what was the guy who's the fucking guy with skates nick he was a healer lucio yeah lucio Lucio. i I could fire up my boy lucio and actually feel like i was contributing because i could run around and heal motherfuckers and get some quick pot shots in so I, i don't know i i i could get behind star wars hunters but sadly I'm not going to be doing it anytime soon. It was supposed to drop this year, but it has now been the worldwide launch. It has soft launch to some territories. I think the Aussies may even have it. Which, why, why, why do they get it? Well, I that thought, is like I,
1: Australia is a, a a good testing ground okay. for video games because I've seen other studios that do soft launches in like Australia, and New Zealand, because the population there generally mirrors the. From what I've heard, the population in Australia and New Zealand generally mirrors the, like the taste of an American audience. So like they like the same types of things in terms of content for video games, but it's just such, it's, it's such a smaller market that you can easily do like AB tests with like updates and stuff like that and see how critical reception changes. So, got, speaking it of Aussies me if they were out Speaking
0: there. of Aussies, I got I got to pull this up our our one-time friend. I, I think he still listens here or there but hideous sent me this TikTok. Yes. Hold on. I I got I I got to play the audio. I mean, I I even flagged it on TikTok as like I I need to keep this. And I don't know the backstory behind this, so if there's any Aussies listening, let me know, but I, I, the, the only caption on the video is Bogan Aussie Star Wars. So I'm assuming Bogan is like a a dialect <laughs> down in australia but here just listen to this shit it is it's yoda talking to sidious about him Yoda hearing a rumor that sidious i think has huge balls but you really can't understand a, a word they're saying because of this this bogan aussie whatever the fuck the dialect is so give me give me a second here <laughs>
1: A fucking huge. Yeah, they're pretty fucking big, guys. Come in, cut. Let's see a fucking huge thing. I can't understand anything that they're saying. Well, there, there's captions. The- he starts
0: with "I doff contias." There's been talk that your fucking nards are fucking huge. The best part is I don't is,
1: know if I caught any
0: of that, <laughs> oh, And they've got like those big fucking goofy eyes and lips on like Yoda and uh, Sidious. Uh, I, I don't know. The funny thing is, I was watching this when Charlie was kind of hanging out in the same room. She heard it and came over, and she she was fucking cracking her ass up just because of the way Yoda and the, yeah. Insidious look. She didn't. She wasn't quite getting that they're sitting there saying "fuck" and knots and cunt, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but. Hey, if they're, like I said, any any Aussies out there? What is Bogan? B-O-G-A-N. Is it a dialect because it is funny as hell? You know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> ah, fucking huge! Yeah!
1: <laughs> yeah!
0: Alright, I'll stop. Okay. Yeah, if anyone wants to see that, I, I probably should... I think I shared it in the Discord. I don't know. Maybe people are like, this guy's an idiot. But I, I love idiotic content like that. That's why the internet is still worthwhile but anyways hunters delayed the 2023 it's worldwide launch that is uh, supposed to release on switch ios and android which is a little suspect like have you ever heard a game releasing to just those platforms and and not like a pc version like pc is almost always included
1: yeah I think it yeah I mean I I don't know of any major releases that have only been for that 3. It almost feels like that this was just a mobile game, like it was just going to be iOS and Android and they figured out somehow that the development environment for uh for Switch allows for like easy, easy I don't want to call it the porting. Yeah, 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 it's like kind of porting over uh uh iOS and Android games easily to Switch. So um i if there is success on the on those platforms though i it wouldn't surprise me if they did a release through um through pc because i think that a a game like that would have a would be popular for pc i I
0: just i I mean i feel like why is this not (laughs) widely available on all platforms i mean to me that this I don't think it's going to get there but you know I don't know if it's going to be full free to play but it, it could very well be a, a Fortnite where if people want to dive in and spend money on cosmetics and stupid shit. It just yeah. seems weird that it's limited to <laughs> purely mobile uh, devices Prices, at this yeah. point in time.
1: Yeah, uh, it is a little weird especially for something that it seems like they're trying to put a lot of like hype behind. Yeah. It's hard it's hard to hype something when literally you can only play it on your phone or a Nintendo Switch, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, for you, do you've do got ask? that... What is that, the backbone or whatever? I mean, I guess it could be somewhat tolerable using that device on your Android, right? You know, that yeah. sort
1: of turns it into a little portable console. Yeah, but it, it, yeah, it turns it into like a like a handheld console, so... But the, the, to we'll me, the,
0: this game just screams, you know, Steam Deck, right? I mean, yeah. we were talking about that earlier. This This is seems like a no-brainer to have on a platform like Steam Deck. But as you said, and as we explained earlier, money talks. So if it does kind of go on a bit of a tear, I could definitely see it showing up on more platforms in 2023 if it ever launches worldwide. So we shall see. We shall see. All right, our, our last topic before we get into the fan segment is actually dedicated to a fan from the community Uh, some of you have probably seen his work or even heard about his work on the star wars time show i'm talking about brian hickey an irishman from the united kingdom who over the years has been recreating the original trilogy using kenner figures and custom homemade dioramas and I think this year, maybe a few months ago, a month ago, he finally finished a, a digital photo book that compiles all this work, essentially retelling A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi in a single photo book using vintage Kenner figures to recreate the scenes. I mean, I, I know some people in the live stream probably know who I'm talking about. If you're new here, if you're just listening on the podcast only, you really want to check this out especially if you were a, you know, if you're one of the older Star Wars fans like myself, born in the 70s, late 60s, 80s, you grew up collecting Kenner, watching the OT. It it truly is a masterpiece uh, from Brian Hickey here. Now, I have a few shots up on the screen now if you're on the live stream, but you can see what he did. I mean, the opening shot of A New Hope recreated, I I mean, that... That circle there, Nick, could very well be a potato. Like, that that's what I mean. That's the yeah. kind of stuff that that Brian has incorporated. Uh, the shot of the At-Ats on Hoth, I mean, just looks fantastic. We got a gallery here. I mean, look at Luke on Tatooine with the twin sons. It's just, it's masterful work with these figures that, quite frankly, weren't really intended to be very photogenic. I mean, these things yeah. have four points of articulation. They're their shoulders Both their legs move at the hip and their head turns. And if you're on the live stream now looking at the shot I have pulled up of uh, Palpatine's arrival on the Death Star, I mean, look at that. Look at all those little fucking Kenner stormtroopers and uh, AT-AT drivers and scout troopers. Vader with his saber already coming out of his hand because that's just how our fucking (laughs) figures work. But it, it really is a thing of beauty. So I'll, I'll pull up the digital book just so everyone can kind of get a uh, a peek at it. Uh, I'll share the link in our Discord, too, for anyone that wants to check it out. But I'm sure Brian has it on his Instagram page. I, I believe it's at Brian the Hick on Instagram. But here is the, yeah. the digital magazine on uh, issue, I-S-S-U-U. But as you can see, I'm just flipping through. We're at uh, A New Hope right now. But it, it does. It covers Damn near every important scene from the movie with these toys to retell the film on each page. And it's just, it's just so kick ass. I mean, I as someone that, that did toy photography and hopes to do it again someday, as well as someone that has these figures, it's just it truly is an amazing accomplishment that Brian Hickey um had here. I mean, it, it really is. This is something like if Lucasfilm would let him print, I would buy in a heartbeat. I would love to have so, like, this as a coffee book. You know what I mean? A coffee do table remember, book.
1: you remember? Yeah, yeah, that would be cool as a book. But this reminds me a lot about, um, I mean, this was probably nine years ago, eight, nine years ago, um, where Lucasfilm proper put together like, the original trilogy movies based off of like fans submitted videos. So you had like the oh, whole yeah, yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah Yes.
0: Now I know what you're talking about. It's like everyone <laughs> yeah. got a few minutes or a scene to recreate yeah, and then they stitched scene, it yeah. then they stitched it all together it, to they, make a full and movie. And it was so
1: cool because some it and it was in such vastly different styles because you would have some people who were like legit visual artists who were like making animations with vector art. And then you had other people who were doing like recreations of scenes in their backyards with like box forts and, and stuff like that. And they stitched them all together to make the movie. And like that level of ingenuity really reminds me of what Brian has done here. Um, and it would be amazing to see, it, like, to see Lucasfilm and Disney like come out and officially support something like this. And oh, they and they really never will. Uh, I mean, e- I, yeah, I think I mean, even if Brian
0: do. said, "Listen, you can have all the fucking money," they still wouldn't do it because they didn't do it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they they didn't have the idea. But I, I've made it up to Empire Strikes Back on the live stream if you're if you're scrolling through. Uh, but I mean, here's here's Luke in the Wampus Cave, and you can see Brian, you know, like cut out white cardboard to make the the, the the icicles and whatnot. It's just, I'm telling you people, if you're not on the live stream, you're just listening to this. Check them out at Brian the Hick on Instagram. I guarantee you the link to to check out the issue is in his profile. It is something you have to behold yourself. Words do not do it justice. It's not just the Kenner figures standing there looking like lifeless pieces of plastic. They they're full on scene recreations. Full on. Like we're going through Hoth right now. He's got snow scenes set up. There's Luke in the back to tank I just flipped by. There's a, a scruffy-looking nerf herder moment. Uh, Vader in his meditation chamber. It's just fantastic. So I, I I told Brian, like, listen, man, I'll 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 do you a solid. He reached out. He's like, hey, is it any way you can spread the word about this? He's like, I got you. People like you deserve to have your work kind of. Promoted. I understand what it's like when you you kind of dump your your life and soul into something, and then the internet or people don't take notice. The right people don't get a hold of it. It doesn't go viral. This is something that should go viral, in my opinion. So, uh, I I put up a post on StarWarsTime.net. So again, if you're listening to the podcast only version here, you can find a link to the full uh, book on issue, and it's well worth checking out um but like I said I mean if he ever gets clearance to print this if I were him I would just fucking go to an outfit like chat books I use this for mother's day every year it's fantastic I I I, I order up a, a hardcover book of all of my daughter's pictures from her previous year of life and they come on nice glossy pages if I were him I'd just fucking do it you know Chatbooks isn't yeah. going to shoot you down. They're going to be like, "Oh, you want to print a fucking 400-page book of images? Sweet. Give us $500 yeah. <laughs> and here you go." So, um, but who knows? It sounds like he's trying to do the right thing, but it's well worth checking out. Even if you're a young fan and you may look at this stuff and the, the Kenner toys and be like, "My god, you dinosaurs had to play with this shit when we've got Hot Toys and Black Series now." It's it's worth checking out just to compare to the films to see what brian hickey uh, accomplished here it, it truly is some magic stuff for photography and toy photography in particular so there you go there's yeah. a little plug there
1: awesome awesome
0: stuff. again like i said on StarWarsTime.net, we've got coverage so if you're on the podcast version you know where to find it all right dude Indeed. it's time to kind of slide into this week's fan segment we do it every week, as I as as I always explain, just in case we do have new listeners. There actually were a few new ones in the live stream before YouTube decided to sabotage <laughs> us and, and give us the no-data air left and right as we began. But, you know, why not? It's like watching a game show. You hear the rules every fucking episode. Well, you get it here, too, on the Star Wars Time Show. But our fan segment, it is here to stay. We do it every week, every show, every stream, every podcast episode. Hint, hint, podcast episodes the same as the stream. But there are two routes to join. The first is going to be the question of the week, which we do every Tuesday morning on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. We'll throw it up in the stories. We'll throw it in our post grid. You just have to find it and dig through IG's ads and reels and this, that, and the other thing and leave a comment. Uh, Today... If you commented, you probably made the cut because apparently the question sucked and got buried and no one saw it. So, uh, But usually we'll pick five or six responses and then we'll go through them, read through them on the show. And sometimes it can get quite entertaining to listen to Nick try to decipher some of the English (laughs) you all throw at your keyboards or your touchscreens when you provide a comment. The next way to get in the fan segment is the top five, but we'll talk more about that after question of the week. So let's go ahead and get Slack up on the screen. There we go. Our question of the week is, do you want to see a Vader flashback in the Ahsoka series? Why or why not? I wonder why I asked that question. It's almost (coughs) like I theme it to the show topics. All right, so... um, we got one from Ripictan. Tan. He's always good for a, a story reply. And then Nick yep. grabbed a block of... Uh, the typically only five our, responses yeah, our, that our, were our on Our the, super fans our who su- we can always count on to reply. So thank you, Bat, SW Black Series Clips, and Mythos Boba. We speak your names. Uh, uh, while I see the name... Nick, I know you don't like going on social media. But if you do anything today that requires you looking at Instagram... Go check out the latest stop-motion short from SW underscore black underscore series underscore clips. It's fantastic. It's a dance-off between Mandos and Battle Droids, and it's just yeah. supreme. Excellent.
1: Cool. Uh, I
0: did a little uh, real reaction to it. That, that's like my thing now. I remix reels and provide reactions, and some people say they're great. Other people have said... Why don't you just share their work? Why you, we don't care about your reaction. To which I replied, hey, fuckface, the creator literally said, thank you for remixing this. So that should be a lesson to you idiot trolls out there. <laughs> just keep your fucking mouth shut. You know? If you didn't create something, don't worry about it. Because guess what? Once something gets put on social media, all rights go out the fucking window, friends. Right? You, you, you no longer own shit if you post a video to Instagram. Read the fine print. And if, if they leave remix enabled, I'm going to remix the shit. Okay? Some of you need to take a deep breath and get the fuck off your social media because you're nuts. All right? Would you ever, Nick, would you ever go through social media? And find like a remix reaction where you see someone's fat egghead shape like mine, not even talking, just making faces. That's, that's something that someone created and allowed to be remixed. Would you ever take the effort to say, you, you should, we don't care about your reaction, we just want to see the actual video? Like, who does that stuff, honestly?
1: Who has, yeah, I mean, who has
0: time to go around and be negative and leave troll comments on social media? Apparently a lot of people, I just don't get it.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I don't have the desire to interact on right. social media, even in a regular, like non, <laughs> I guess you would say like non-inflammatory fashion. So I'm not just going to go to social media to aggravate somebody who did what the functionality allows them to do. It's
0: that that's my point. It's like, "Hey guy, you know what? Clearly your life sucks and this is this gives you I guess some form of therapy. I don't know, but you don't know what the fuck's going on. No, none of us know anything about anything that's going on. So you're you're always usually better just keeping your fucking mouth shut. Cause it it was funny, cause I actually went to the guy. The, the guy is one six J. He he did a reel of a kick ass one six scale battle damage Vader that I reacted to, and immediately Jay's like, dude, thank you. I I want to see what people are 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 looking like when they look at this shit. I was like, hey, no problem, man. I mean, it was fucking no skin off my back. I just hit remix and my dumb face stares at the at the screen. That's it. And then this guy, you know, later on in the day, he's coming in like, eh, no one cares about you. I'm like, yeah, I know no one cares about me, but. The fucking creator sure did. So shut the fuck up! <laughs> All right, question of the week. First response is coming from our man, Rippick Tan, who I also think is in our second avenue to fame of the fandom segment on SWTS. He is, but a, first, he's
1: a double dipper. This
0: here's what Rippick had to say If Ahsoka was talking about her experience with the world between worlds and they dropped the flashback that way, it would be pretty cool. But. I think I'd be more excited to see some General Skywalker flashbacks with Ahsoka. Give us some live-action Ahsoka-Anakin chemistry. Yeah. It's really Uh, nothing to pick apart here. Very well said statement. I think it's good, yeah. Yeah, we we can agree with it on all fronts. I I, I think Nick made that point earlier. If it is going to be the duel, it would only make sense narratively to the Ahsoka series if it focuses on the whole world-between-worlds aspect of the duel. And that's kind of where Rippick was coming from. And all of us want to see Hayden refer to Ahsoka Uh, as Snips Snips. in live action. I I know they did it at Celebration. It was cute and all that stuff. It was Eckstein and Hayden, yada, yada, yada. But we we want to see it in real life to a, I'm assuming they're like going to de age and shrink Rosario unless they truly did find a younger actress to play a true teenage Snips who knows yeah i'd be fine either way i'd be fine if it's just rosario like they did hayden in in the prequels flashback we're like yeah fuck you we're not we're not de-aging shit we're just at, yeah. it, it, we're, we're just gonna say anakin went out and drank a lot of fucking spotchka the night before and had a few death sticks <laughs> from that sleaze bag-o guy down by uh, uh wherever that was on coruscant yeah. um but yeah i i um Listen, I always like seeing Vader, so I'm not gonna complain getting Vader and Ahsoka. But we saw how rad it was to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin again. So I, I'm I'm with Ripick here. I, I would love to see the general Anakin with the fucking armor and the cape hanging out with the maroon suit wearing Ahsoka. That that would definitely be choice.
1: All I right. Agree. All Next, right to the Next block
0: to, to the block of replies. To the
1: block, yes. First off in the block is, like you mentioned, Matt, you were talking about SW Black Series Clips. He is here first in the block. He was the first respondent. No, actually, he was the last respondent on it because the first <laughs> gets shown at the bottom. But uh, he says, absolutely. But does that mean a flashback or a new time gate interaction with Vader? Curious how they'll be using the gates in this show. That I mean, that is something that we haven't talked about is the possibility of, her using the world between worlds to somehow interact with Vader in the past I, that would be a very dangerous course yeah. of action to take here, here, but uh,
0: I, I think we've lightly touched on this subject before when we talked about how the the WBW seems inevitable for Ahsoka and yeah I, I don't want to get all fucking timeline goofy you know what I mean like yeah. leave, leave that to to Marvel and DC and all that shit I still think the way it was used in Rebels was about as much as I would want to see that stuff used. To where we had already seen Ahsoka survive, we yeah. just didn't know how. And then two seasons down the road, we we saw the how through the WBW. So that that I I, I like that kind of time travel where you already know the outcome, you just don't know how we got there. So it. Yeah. it I know it's still time travel, but it, it didn't really seem like traditional time travel. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean they 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 more or less show us that without Ezra going back in time, Ahsoka would have, would have died.
1: Yeah, she was dead. Yeah, I mean, I think like the bet the best comparison of timeline like of like time travel to this, I think is actually later. Because it's it's it works in similar ways. Um, yeah, I'm with you. That, right. that
0: makes sense. Yeah, I don't I don't want anything crazy where it's like where it almost gets into what if territory. Like, hey, if, yeah, if she goes like, back and steps on Vader's boot, he thinks this, and then this happens, and he steps on a space exactly. slug, and then the space slug eats yeah, the emperor. Then, and
1: then you get into like fucking Back to the Future territory, where like you have like rippling time effects throughout actually like shit actually affects yeah. the future. Yeah, like, like, and, like Ahsoka's
0: like... hand starts to disappear in the Mando timeline <clears throat> yeah. because of some <laughs> shit Ezra's doing in the yeah. WBW. I, I got gotcha. you. All yeah. right.
1: Um, all right. 2797 underscore studios. Good friend of the show says there's a bear shit in the woods. Of course we want more Vader, but I'm also hoping for Anakin Ahsoka flashbacks, maybe even a force ghost appearance. Either way. Give me more um again I, I agree on all fronts here i'm not 100 percent sure if a bear shits in the woods i assume they have to if they live that, in the woods still, but there are some bears who don't live in the woods that
0: is but, a that is a fantastic saying though that is one i i like is, to use right. too just like does a hobby horse have a wooden dick how's that one
1: you like that i've one? never heard that before <laughs> in my life well there's there's a, but, a new
0: one for people if you haven't heard that one guess, but yes yeah, does a bear shit in the woods a, is, a, is a classic <laughs>
1: yeah it is uh but yes i Uh. definitely agree with 2797 uh on the anakin ahsoka flashbacks and then even potentially some uh some force ghost appearances um mythos boba up next he says i take vader but i really want those anakin and ahsoka clone wars vibes if we see those flashbacks i'll lose my mind so so it seems like the general feel so far is they actually want more Anakin Ahsoka than Vader Ahsoka, which makes a lot of sense. So that That is good stuff. To because hear.
0: I, I think some of these guys are more my age and you'd think they, they'd they go for more of the OT, but I, yeah, I, I, narratively, I narratively, I do think it makes more sense in the Ahsoka series if she is going to reflect, it would be with Anakin and not,
1: yeah, not the fucking not dude Vader. in the suit, you know yeah considering the limited interaction and i also like i don't know i could be wrong in remembering on this and we don't have to talk about it too much but like i think that they said that that anakin or like that hayden was slotted to be in ahsoka and we had the assumption that it was going to be as anakin oh yeah Um, yeah yeah
0: i mean dude this is i think that rumor is going on a year and a half old yeah that's that's when rosario was like oh yeah well They're, they're, Hey sky guy. And and she didn't even know she was just responding to some fucking internet rumor.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So So. I do. I I mean, I, I honestly think the Vader, which, you know, MSW, his track record's pretty impeccable. So Vader's going to be in Ahsoka. That's not going to be Hayden. That's going to be Tom unless they do show the face, which I, I hope they don't yeah. like leave, leave that moment for Kenobi and leave the face and the animated face moment for rebels. We don't, we don't really need that um, yeah. again. Uh, Mythos Boba real quick. want to give him a shout out too. he sent over a fantastic <laughs> <coughs> wired Cape for the black series. Ahsoka figure because he is oh, a a customizer makes fine goods print shit out so just want to give him a plug over at iron Heart customs on instagram uh hooking me up all the way from the uk sent it over and just absolutely impeccable packaging man i mean he like prints out his own card with miso mythos boba logos and he gives you a checklist on how to properly care for the cape and wear it and pose it it just it was very impressive and like i said it free of charge which you didn't have to do i was willing to pay uh but we speak your name thank you
1: yes thank you
0: iron heart customs check them out they do some cool 3d shit 3d printing and but a lot of it is the the fine goods like the uh the soft goods that you'd want for your figures that you you're not going to get
1: right out of the box yes indeed all right um Next up, Marcus Andreas Hellman says the world needs more Vader flashbacks everywhere. So he's all in. I'm for glad you figured that out because I was
0: reading this as Marcus and Reshell Man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly like when I pulled it, like my brain kind of went to the same place. But I looked at that name probably four or five times before I read it. And then I finally was able to... <laughs> To to yeah, break I, it out I think into you, his individual. I think you pieces. nailed it, but
0: I, I was honestly I was about ready to spit out Marcus and Rechelman. Shellman. Like who what the fuck yeah. is that? But it's y- like what's you, a re-shellman? You got yes. it. You Marcus, got Marcus, it.
1: Marcus Andreas Hellman. Thank you for your response. He wants to see more of those Vader flashbacks. And then SWBS underscore adventures says, Yes, I want it because it's always amazing to see Vader in action. It is. It is always amazing to see there Vader. There have
0: not in been more true words. Typed out in the question of the week responses than that right there. Oh, we just got an update from Bat. It, it sounds like 2797 Studios on IG may start carrying some of Ironheart's 3D uh, there you go prints because I know he's got the Bo Katan thrown out there. So don't forget about 2797 Studios either. They're they're the 3D printer guys out there. They carry Landspeeder Luke files. They can get the shit done and shipped over quick. Just like those kick-ass little scaled-out. Uh, Carbonites he sent over for my kids, Mission Fleet, Razor Crest, and my big boy, Razor Crest. So, hey, we, we love getting showered with gifts here at the Star Wars Time Show. I'm I'm not going to be bashful about that. You guys want to send shit for free to me, slide into the DMs and you'll get the address. Don't worry about it. Yeah.
1: There you go. And All you'll right. get a plug on the show for sure. There you go. And All right. we have, um, I, I think
0: I added us to Amazon and another network, dude, and we gained like 500 plus listeners a week. So hopefully hopefully we haven't scared them away yet and we're right back down to our (laughs) minus 500 standard by by fall. I'm going to
1: be honest with you. I didn't even know that Amazon had a podcast network, but it's not surprising that they did.
0: Yeah, me me neither. I added us to Amazon and Podchaser. So literally at this point in time, we're on... There isn't a fucking podcast network that we're not on. And if we're not on it, like (laughs) I usually say, it's probably not that good. So get get with the program and either get Spotify or iTunes or Google or Stitcher and always leave a rating and review. Those of you in the live stream right now, don't forget thumbs up on the live stream, drop a comment, do what you got to do. It Every little bit helps. All right, Nick, so now we're going to move back to the second phase of the fan segment, which we call our Top 5 Fan Artist Features of the Week. So the way this happens throughout the week, those on Instagram that consider themselves Star Wars artists of any kind, tattoos, toy photography, uh, model making, it doesn't matter, tag us. You have to tag us now, sadly. I, I hate to just kind of open up that floodgate, but... The way Instagram treats hashtags now, especially for accounts that use the same hashtag a lot, it's seeming to shadow ban a lot of people that use it, so I don't see your shots. And I need to see your shots to feature them, so on Mondays, Nick can sit down, grab his whiskey, his stogie, and go through all of the weekly features to pick the top five which is where we are at right now. So Nick looked at all the shots featured on at star Wars time show from seven 11 to seven 18 and whittled them down to the five shots we're about to talk about. So don't forget tag us at star Wars time show, like literally add tag, not just at star Wars time show and feel free to still use the hashtag. All right, Nick, who is up first in this week's
1: honorees here? The first up this week is at Grande underscore underscore again Giove and D E underscore underscore G I O V E and it's just a fun like the the I I, I like the the comedic <laughs> takes on Star Wars and this one is a fun little shot here that we see of uh, stormtroopers attempting to to fly a kite but then as they do with everything else they somehow screw that up and you see Darth Vader over there with his hands raised in the air probably yelling at these guys like how the fuck did you mess up flying a kite um and it's just a funny scene overall from from grande grande geov so yeah I,
0: i'm with you man i i kind of had a feeling you would go with this one and and we, i think we had a few kind of creative uh silly shots this past week and i i really am drawn to them i mean i i love the the more serious stuff and, you know, the Sir, Sir Dork explosion stuff or the work more or less really fine crafted scenes. The the Oh, my God. You should see what Black Series did. He did this poster. I guess he's linked up with L.A. Galaxy through this Rex and Around character who's like a like a Star Wars fan that people actually pay attention to and he got himself in the Kenobi which you know ultimately I would love to do that one day it's never going to happen but uh, one day I'd like to be Rex and around but anyways Rex and around got Black Series mixed up with the LA Galaxy for I guess they're doing a Star Wars night and and he made a fucking soccer poster <laughs> with stormtroopers decked out in LA Galaxy gear like doing a bicycle kick into a net he fashioned out of Whatever random shit he had laying around the house, but just fantastic shit. But, anyways, not to steal the spotlight from Grande underscore underscore Giove. Uh, this, too, is, as you said, a, a fantastic, just kind of Star Wars humor shot. And it, it perfectly encapsulates stormtroopers as bozos. And, you know, either Vader, did you take it as Vader is throwing him up there with the force? Or is Vader just going, oh, I'm with these fucking idiots again. And of course, they screw oh, up wow. my day
1: out in the park. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take the force angle, but that could be like maybe there's like no wind, and he's like controlling the the. Uh, I like the, the two, with the force. I like
0: the two guys uh, <laughs> over on the tree where the where you know he's getting like a piggyback to try and get the dude that's floating away on this little tiny, uh, yeah. little tiny unicorn kite. It's just yeah. I like seeing, especially the Empire putting kind of a high jinks type of situations like this. So. If yeah. you're on the podcast only, make sure to check out StarWarsTime.net this week's top five to see the image because it is a fun one. All right, moving on.
1: Indeed. All right, next Ooh. up is at LionWorks on on Instagram. You mentioned some other fun shots. I thought this one was extremely <laughs> fun. So what we see here is is Mister Mando all dressed up in his gear and he's playing a a big size chess with. Little Grogu, but Grogu is so little that he's the exact same size yes. <laughs> as the pieces, and it almost looks uh, like Grogu is standing in as a chess piece. Yeah, he's like a fucking a pawn degree. himself. Yeah, he's like standing. You no, know, think on of it. The, like the
0: I, I'm sure you've been somewhere where you know there, there's large chess boards chess like boards, in a park yeah. that you can grab pieces and, and kind of move them around so that's what at lion works is recreating here albeit with hot toys mando and hot toys grogu and it really does just it, it looks like a a wholesome scene we've said we've, fe- we've featured and talked about a lot of at lion works kind of star wars and real life shots i mean he had the one where they got their own razor crest toy and they're playing with and i think he did or was that jason work more or less did the one where he made it out of like fucking toilet rolls for grogu made like a razor crest out of uh, paper towel rolls uh but this is it's just fantastic it it, it works so well i I know it's completely out of in universe but there there is a part of me it's like no i could actually see these guys doing this in between you know hopping planets and the new n1 i don't know it just it just works It shouldn't work, but it works. And that's because of the the, the staging and obviously the execution of the shot.
1: Definitely, definitely. So at LionWorks on the IG, uh, amazing work on that one. Yeah, and that's
0: L-Y-O-N, Lion, not not your traditional.
1: Yes, L-Y-O-N-W-O-R-X. I'm glad you grabbed Uh, this
0: next one too. Go ahead and introduce it. This
1: next one is some really incredible stuff here. It's from... Rafael Nizolek, I'll say 71. R A F A L N I Z I O L E K 71. And it's not, as,
0: it's not as clear as grief cardboard, Matt. That's still one it's of my
1: favorite, <laughs> but I think you got it out. Indeed. Uh, pretty close. I tried. Uh, but what Rafael has done here is an amazing silhouetted shot yep, that's of right an X Wing uh an x-wing that's that's art, you know docked x-wing um with an incredible orange and red sky background with the pilot standing next to it either about to board it or just doing kind of an, exp- an inspection and this really gave me like like top gun vibes oh, yeah i, you I know? was just
0: about to say th- isn't isn't this very uh, it, it resembles something I, it, that's either featured in top gun or as you said it just has that top gun feel I mean, he, yeah, that yeah. looks like a maverick that looks like a true top gun out there eyeing up his, his war machine and, and almost having a, a, like a, a, a sexual appreciation for it. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. There's an intimate, like, there you go. Connection that, that's a and bond word that he has <laughs> with this. Yeah. There's definitely an intimate bond between yeah. the, the, this person's craft and uh, and the person, so that's why we, um, that's why
0: we have you here. You're 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 the adult <laughs> in the room because I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, he's probably going to go up to the gas tank, gas tank, and stick his penis in it or something. So. Yeah,
1: so not quite that, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, yeah. There's definitely it is, man. A, it's it's
0: percent the silhouette. That is what makes this shot pop, and obviously that very stark, vibrant, almost blood orange, blood moon orange uh, sky. Uh, but yeah. I, I just love it. I mean, it's it's it it looks like a simple setup. I'm I'm assuming this is either in front of a screen or dude's got nah, it, this is like up above the cloud. So this probably is a a digirama, but either way, it's it's fucking perfect. Like it just silhouettes yeah. so well. I'm assuming Rafael Niza like, you know, like seventy one probably just dropped all forms of light outside of the digital background and and took the shot and got this this fantastic silhouette.
1: Indeed, indeed, yeah! Incredible work at Rafael Nizolek seventy one on Instagram. Make sure to go give them a follow. Um, next up, you mentioned it when we were talking about the question of the week, and he has popped up again at Rippick underscore underscore Tan with an excellent shot of of Boba Fett tracking the movements of the Millennium Falcon as the Falcon makes his way out of a cave. Uh, somewhere in the galaxy. Like, I don't know. I'm assuming that this is taking place sometime in the original trilogy timeline, and maybe this is... Maybe uh, uh, Boba Fett was on Yavin 4, and we didn't know. You know, maybe he's tracking the movements of... Uh, the Falcon in and out of the Yavin Four base yeah, I mean, from the Mosasi Boba Temple. Fett has a
0: hard on for Han Solo. <laughs> let's be real. I mean, he, he may even have like some gay love for him. So it, it makes sense that that Boba would be tracking Han and Chewy. It's just kind of his thing. But you're, I mean, th- this is uh, honestly, I'm, I'm just going to go write the Rippick's profile because this is a, a set, a diorama he's built that has been getting some great use with outdoor shots and, and, and getting that natural lighting the bleed through with the atmosphere air uh atmosphere aerosol to kind (laughs) of highlight the the haze there but um that shot's fantastic but i there's one other with the falcon that i just have to pull up here it is i think it was the second one he shared after that and it's the falcon being pursued by ties and kind of getting shot at and again it just yeah it's a fucking brilliant looking star wars ship shot not a lot yeah. of toy photographers do ship photography, but when it's done like this, there's some of the most engaging looking shots out there. It just, they, they feel so alive. I mean, I know they're just sitting on fucking probably toothpicks or wires and they're static, but the way Ripik shoots these, they, they have a feeling of action. There is that feeling of, of, oh shit. We're, we're, we're looking at one snap of a dogfight. fight between the between the Empire's TIE Fighters and of course the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean rippick has Ripick does a great job with the Falcon in general. I know that his his profile picture is also of the Falcon and this excellent shot he took of the Falcon. So it seems like if there is one muse that he that he has in Star Wars that he always gets incredible shots of, it's definitely the Falcon. Yeah. So this is another and, example. And Nick, of I believe this. these
0: things are tiny. I, I think these are either the Hot Wheels or the Mission Fleet thing. So I mean, that that oh, Falcon wow. might be, I don't know, maybe an inch, two inches tops in diameter. Probably smaller than that. Wow! Impressive. So that that yeah, the Impressive. shot you picked, thats the other thing there. I mean, the, the the forced perspective Rippick uses is, I think, what really sells the shot. Kind of having Boba all the way in the foreground but blurred out allows mm-hmm. that little tiny Falcon to actually feel and look like it is the actual Falcon. So,
1: indeed, good yeah. work
0: there, Rippick. Way to go, pal!
1: There you go. At Rippick underscore underscore Tan, and then the last one this week is from at task dot force underscore 99 task force 99 on Instagram. And it is a shot of the grand inquisitor himself with full, full blade out whooshing action. And it's a, it's a Lego shot too. So it is a, it is a Lego minifigure of the grand inquisitor with his lightsaber fully ignited and in motion uh, so to say. Yeah, so, I uh,
0: I don't know if this is one of those custom minifigs from, it's like Firestar Toys or something, that. or if this is the one that comes with the Inquisitor shuttle that released, I believe it's out there from the Kenobi series. But yeah, either way, uh, Task Force 99 is compelling me to get this minifigure. Uh, I don't <laughs> shoot much of anything these days, and I've never shot Lego, but I do like Lego sets, and I love minifigures. They're they're almost, they've almost become kind of like my new odd looking collectibles. You know what I mean? They're, they're not full on yeah. chibi like I used to go with the Funko Pops and the the egg attacks, but they they, they kind of live in that family to me. You know, they, they look a little cartoony, a little elongated, you know, heads are a little bigger than they probably need to be. But yeah, th- th- this Grand Inquisitor Lego minifig just looks fantastic. And I can always appreciate a photographer that can take one of these things, which again, are like this big. I mean, about very small. Yeah, that's. I mean, not that anyone can see what I'm doing with my fingers on on the radio, but <laughs> you know, they're they're about two times the size of my own member, so they're not that big. But when you do like a close up like Task Force here, I mean that that that's impressive to to yeah. capture these details and and just kind of sell the shot with just a minifig, and that's exactly what Task Force underscore ninety nine does here. With the Grand Inquisitor and his stabbed up tummy.
1: Indeed, indeed. So, incredible stuff at task.force underscore 99. That is the end of the top five, and that is the end of the show. So, Matt, why don't you bring us to our close? You got it, my
0: friend, another, well, hey, we, we did the, the two hours this time, so I don't want to hear any bitching and moaning from you fans out there. Sorry about the rocky start to YouTube, but I can tell you that today, probably for the first time ever in the history of the Star Wars Time Show live stream, it was not our fault. Our our mm-hmm. tech was humming today. In fact, I hate to even speak this into existence, but Nick didn't fucking freeze once. Yeah who knows what that was maybe the mm-hmm. he gave his computer covid and it's like all right pal you win i will no longer <laughs> time out your skype feed <laughs> so um that that was pretty uh, impressive no drop nick but uh, the first part of the show it was chaotic so thanks to those yeah. of you that stuck around remember you can join into the live stream every tuesday 2 30 p eastern time on youtube youtube.com star wars time show Sorry, props. We got to go. The old uh, the old leg is starting to hum a little bit. It's gotten a lot better. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm almost six weeks beyond the trauma, uh, but I can really start to feel how dead the leg is. Like my, The muscles just all atrophied out. The joint gets incredibly stiff. And uh, right now, I feel like my hamstring is going to tear itself because I've kept the thing straight and flat the whole time. But as Nick said, we've come to the end of the show appreciate any of the new listeners that showed up today in the live stream and of course we love all you diehards that showed up in the live stream don't forget to give the feed right now a like if you're still here and listening and tell a friend because that's what we do at the end of the show it's 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 show and tell time we have given you all the show now you have to go tell about it to the rest of your family your pets you never know who could become the next big time star wars time show fan so if you are going to get out and stump for the show today, don't forget, StarWarsTime.net is probably your best resource to let noobs know how to get in the know with the Star Wars Time show. Because there truly is always time for Star Wars Time. I live it, I breathe it, and one day it will kill me. But it will be worth it. Oh, uh, kind of a quick, cool little story before we close out. Our man Cody Tweedy, the tattooer, generously offered to tattoo yours truly
1: for free. Yeah, wow. There you go. If, There's no better entry. If There's we no can, easier way to I get it. I know, in.
0: dude. It's rough. <laughs> if we can cross paths. I mean he is out in, I believe, South Dakota. So I don't know if, if I'm gonna, you know, take a trip out there or if he hits the convention scene and and, you know, I, I guess that's something tattoo artists do a lot to kind of get their name out there. And he's somewhere in the Midwest. I I'm I'm probably gonna take him up on it because the dude, if you look at Cody T- Tweedy on Instagram, he is a fantastic tattoo artist and he definitely specializes in Star Wars. I mean, he's, he's banged out some killer mall portraits over the past week, some killer ass Ahsoka portraits over the past week. And if I am ever going to get a tattoo, I know it's going to be Star Wars based. I want it to be from a guy like that. So maybe I'll there get my, my atrophy dead leg ass on a plane someday and get out there to South Dakota. All right. You know to drill, everyone. There's always time for Star Wars Time. Direct them to StarWarsTime.net to get the podcast feeds, to get looped in with YouTube so they can sub very easily. All the information is contained there. We love you all. Keep spreading the good word. If you are new here, hopefully you enjoyed the show, and you'll come back, and maybe you'll bring a friend. You never know. Today was kind of tame. Next week. Nick and I could be screaming at each other, or I could be screaming at one of you. You just never know on the Star Wars Time Show. That's why you need to get subbed up. And besides, as the long timers know and the diehards live by, if you do listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always.